Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy Friday morning to all. We are the Junks. We're coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Also on Monumental Sports Network on the TV side. We are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junks. If you're looking to be the next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just go to CropMetcalf.com. You can join their team today. I'm Cakes at Money Metal Cakes is where you find me on the Twitter at Cakes Flops on Instagram. Got a two man junk show. I'm joined by Jason Bishop again. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's his Friday. Happy it's, Friday to you. It's a payday. Put some money in savings. Always. Put like twenty percent if you can. I, I always stash as much as as much as humanly possible. This is the last two man show until next, next Christmas. December. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That is true. You're correct. We got through the four two-man show weeks. Yep. The boys will be coming back from, I guess, Eric was uh, in Nashville at some some point during his break. Mm. Uh, JP, not sure if he went anywhere. Did he go to Puerto Rico? I don't know. Uh, He's always going to Puerto Rico. Couldn't tell you. They're exploits for the most part. Yeah, so we're almost through it. Matt and Matt, good morning. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Short short week this week. Yeah. And I think we got another one next week. Not uh, next week, in two a weeks. week in two weeks. Yeah, MLK Day is the fifteenth. Yeah, that's correct. 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 The Mundo, but you got the NFL playoffs starting soon. Obviously, NFL Week eighteen, the final regular season week of the NFL, and um, there are some big matchups, and we'll get into the, some of those scenarios later in the show. And as much as we like to just throw rotten tomatoes at and deride a lot of the Thursday night NFL offerings, yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I miss not having a Thursday night game last I night. I know you mentioned that. I mean, I just kind of it, it becomes part of your fall into winter, at least for me, just my routine. Like yeah. Thursday night, okay, there's an NFL game on. Yeah. I'm gonna watch at least the first half or most of the first half and then drift off blissfully, hopefully, to sleep and yeah. get my four and a half, five, five and a half hours, whatever I manage to get every single night. Yeah. And then come back in here and talk about it the next day. Yeah, no NFL and there was, game, and there was no caps last night. You got that tonight mm-hmm. with the Canes coming to town. You got yeah. the Wizards at Cleveland, although you weren't going to watch it. it. It didn't matter if they could have been playing in your front yard, <laughs> you wouldn't have watched it. Well, look, I, I just I'm I'm buckled into the long haul with the Wizards. I know that it's look obviously a bumpy season. This is this is the plan for the front office. Definitely is, bumpy. You got to go through some pain. You got to accumulate a, a lot of draft picks and hit on those draft picks when you make them. Hopefully within the top 
three or four, mm-hmm. and you you reshape your roster that way. That's gonna that's take the a plan. Take and it's not while. it's not a one season fix. Yeah. I'm well aware of that. Uh, any Wizards fans out there uh, that are still left have been clamoring for this to happen for years, hmm. and here we are. We're in it. Yep. We're in the midst of it. The, the John Wall and Bradley Beal days are over, got and done with, and it's it's a complete rebuild. Yep. But you're right. There was no game last night. You got uh, a couple games tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then obviously you got a, a slew on Sunday, including the Commanders Cowboys, which we'll be talking about a lot today. Um, saw a report this morning on SportsCenter, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember who the reporter did a, a, a report from Dallas, and they were talking strictly about how the Cowboys last year. Now it wasn't a it wasn't a similar situation where if they won the Washington game, they would win in the division. They had to just kind of keep pace with Philadelphia. Philadelphia right. had to win to win the division, and they did. So it's a little bit different, but they're talking about how we're not looking past Washington. We know what happened last year. Sam Howell's first start, and they beat a, a Cowboy team that just looked awful, and Prescott even played into the fourth quarter last year. But, um, you know, the Cowboys were awful in that game, but they said they're not overlooking the Washington Commanders this Sunday. They know what it means. They're eight and zero at home this year. They were eight and one last year at home. They've won sixteen straight games in Dallas. Yeah. So they realize how important the game is because if they win, they're the two seed. Sure. And that means two home games uh, before you minimum two home games. And then if you go on the road, you would only go on the road to play San Francisco and NFC Championship. Yeah, I would expect the the full effort from the Dallas Cowboys when they show up here for the season finale in Washington against the Commanders. Yes. There's not- there's not going to be any taking plays off. There's not going to be any second and third stringers or practice squad elevated players. Yeah, you're going to get Dak, CD. You're going to get all those guys You know, firing on all cylinders. Micah Parsons is going to be just the disruptive force that we know that he is in every single game. Yep. He'll probably have multiple sacks, multiple pressures of Sam Howell. They're not resting players no. for the playoffs. I mean, the only, the only guys that are not playing are guys who have injuries. So Dallas is taking this game. They basically said this starts the playoffs. Right. This week starts the playoffs for us against Washington. Yeah, and a, and a, a big difference, obviously, is their roster has Pro Bowl players. And as as we learned over the last few days, the Commanders have Zipping. zero Pro Bowl players. And in a tweet from Grant Paulson, obviously from Grant and Danny, that he put out on January 3rd, was that two days ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, it's amazing how poor the player acquisition results were during the four years of this front office's tenure. One Pro Bowl appearance from 34 draft picks. Mm. Zero Pro Bowl appearances from all of their free agent additions. Staggering to go through the moves and look at the hit rate, the rapidly approaching GM hire is the whole ball game. Mm. And if you're a Commanders fan, you, that that is something that you have to be looking forward to. You have to be looking forward to, to the the new GM, the new staff coming in and doing a better job of not only drafting players, but also going out on the free agent market and scouting and signing the correct players to fit the system of the new coach. Right. I mean, Matt and Matt, the the Niners had nine pro bowlers in the NFC. Now I get the pro bowl isn't what, it doesn't matter. Pro Bowl is a farce. Because they don't actually play a game anymore. It's just an honor. Just an honor. And and it's also indicative of... the talent level on your roster. I mean, 20 years ago, it was a big deal because yeah. they would play a game. But, um, you know, a lot of guys will check out and they mm-hmm. won't even go. Right. But still, to be named to the Pro Bowl is a big deal. Sure. And, you know, certainly 
there's incentives and contracts mm-hmm. for players. But nine for San Francisco. I think the Ra- what did the Ravens have six or seven? Uh, I believe they had seven. Seven, yeah. A couple other teams had you know six or seven, but Washington zippy. And but it's it's you, not even one, this one year. It's right. the four years yeah. that, that he I was know. here. One right. Pro Bowler, Chase's rookie year. That was what it, it was. Yep. I mean, that's that's like, almost hard to do. You couldn't do that if you tried. That's all, yeah. I was to say it's hard to do when you have that many guys on a roster and you're playing 17 games. Right. I mean, like you have to stumble into at least one or two. You would think. Yeah. Yep. Just get just by luck. I mean, just what you know. It's just another stain on Ron Rivera's legacy. I mean, we we always just tend to focus on the coaching side of it and look at the personnel side as kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're not picking the right players and you're not uh, finding the right guys in free agency, it's tough to win 10, 11, 12 ball games a year. Yeah, that's why, that's why I, <laughs> I've always advocated that Ron has basically left this team as an ex- expansion franchise. Right. There's not one single building block, I feel like. Right, and like that's Jason pointed that's out. That's a good call, yeah. He's, he's bookending call. his tenure with number and, two overall picks. Like, that shouldn't be the bookend, way. Yeah. That shouldn't be the way that you're <laughs> leaving the roster. No. Especially when he steps in front of the mic, and all he loves to talk about is, well, we can roster build. we roster and, building. And I understand the need for quarterback and how important the position is. And if you can get your guy, if he's there at two, go for the swing right. and try to hit the home run. But that's why I'm not opposed to acquiring more picks. Right. Is that you have so many holes to fill on the roster. Yeah. Well, we'll see what uh, what decisions the, the new management and new coaching staff makes in terms of uh, – what they want to do in the draft. Well, I mean, they've already that, started acquiring extra picks by dealing away sweat, dealing yeah, away yeah. Chase Young. I mean, that's that's already underway. Yeah. Like it's the the accumulation has already begun. And that, you know, they I I 99.9% of me thinks they're going to stand pat or move up one spot mm-hmm. and pick a quarterback at either one or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be shocked if they moved back like to 8 or 10 and didn't select a quarterback there. I'd really be stunned if that happened. But look, we know that uh, how they favor analytics in a Josh Harris-led ownership group. Hiring of Eugene Shen from Baltimore proves that. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> maybe they'll look at the numbers and we'll move back. But I, I still think they're going to take either Caleb Williams or Drake May. If they or stay at two, Jaden yeah. Daniels, if they like him better, with one of those top picks. Yeah. And look, we br- we of course we're going to blame Ron and Ron... Ron well, and his staff did not do a good job. Right. right? They did a bad job. Well, he deserves the blame because he's in charge. He's in charge, but there are other people in that front office that are also helping to make decisions. Right. They didn't do a good job. You could, right. you could make the argument that Ron's best personnel decision that he made was Heineke. Find, so, finding, uh, it's certainly one of his top two or three, if not the top move. That's the feather in his cap. Yes. And as much as Heineke is a great story and he's a fringe NFL starter from yeah. his parents couch mm-hmm. you need more from a player personnel perspective definitely mm-hmm. if taylor heineke is your that that's your that's your headliner yeah that's your ace up your sleeve <laughs> yeah, after four years after, of yeah after it? four years heineke's the ace up your sleeve right you need to reevaluate what you're doing right <laughs> or just do something different like like or I mean, or never coach i'd again. be shocked if he were named the head coach in the nfl again like if he wants to take a coordinator oh, job yeah. i think you know, he would be offered that in a heartbeat. 
or, you know, like if he wants to go back to go to college and be a head coach at college, sure. But I just, I'd be stunned if an NFL team looked at Ron's body of work, especially the last four years, said, I got to have that Ron Rivera. I got to have that spark plug for my team. Uh, and, And you know what? I'll give him personnel control, too. That's certainly not happening. When you look at the, the he's the not getting the job. Yeah. He's not, and I'm not hiring him in college. I mean, he's not going to be able to. He he can't go out and recruit. Well, if, I mean, I, mean, he, I, I don't mean no like way. he'd be hired to coach at Ohio State. I mean, I mean like small college maybe he takes over like a, a a top sixty, top seventy type program that needs a boost, that needs a big name, Mac conference, something like that. Yeah, I, could, I, I wouldn't I even hire him, him in the Mac. I could see him in that sort of role. But it's yeah, I mean, it's the numbers don't lie. It's been. It's been really bad over the last four years. And you just kind of look at what they've done in the division. Just at the division. Oh. I mean, oh for this year. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. But uh, two, three, and one last year. Year before, they were two and four in the division. Yep. In his first year. Now, his first year, remember, Dak got hurt. The, the Cowboys would have won the division. Right. But Dak got hurt, I think, in week four, week yeah, five. Was, that was the Ben DiNucci show, I believe. Ben DiNucci. Um, and of course, Washington won the division with a losing record, with seven and nine record. But they were four and two. That's the only year they had a winning record, right? Or even a five hundred record mm-hmm. in the division in Ron's tenure. So, just man, it was bad. Is Josh Harris going to wait until Monday to fire him, or do we get a report like Sunday, like at six or seven p.m., like as as the four o'clock games are winding down. I don't know. Drabby, like go. Drabby was telling me he's like, we all got to be here, all hands on deck on January eighth, right? Because Ron could be fired. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be fired in the morning of January eighth. I don't think, think they're going to fire him at eight a.m. Right. So maybe so like I noon, one o'clock. Yeah, I think they'll either fire him after the game, like Sunday night. Okay. Or they're going to wait until Monday night. Who knows? Maybe they even wait till Tuesday. I don't know. I think um, Jay was fired Monday morning. Pretty that early. was in the season, but a lot of the time those coaches are fired at like six a.m. Right. Okay. Morning, like they, early, they'll say, "Come in, you know, we'll schedule a meeting." Oh, I'm morning. praying, Josh Harris, if you're listening or you you get uh, a hold of this um, the, on the Odyssey app, yeah, please fire Ron at five fifty nine fifty right Monday morning, or maybe six forty five, and then we can play the breaking news sounder. Yeah, I want the, I want the whole four four plus okay, hours. All right, all right. So five fifty nine. Please call Ron into your office or just send him a text. <laughs> however, however, you're going to deliver the news. There was even a rumor. I'm not saying this this was is true, but I was discussing with someone from the radio station that okay. that Ron. It's even possible Ron would announce today that Sunday will be his last game, Ooh. and there will be a mutual parting of ways. Okay, mm. I guess that's possible. Well, I mean, Ron's only going to do that as long as he gets his bag of $7 million as his party gift, right? Because he still has one year left well, on yeah, his Yeah, maybe they already worked it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah, he gets that. Yeah, there's yeah. no way. He's not no giving up Ron's, any of that. Yeah, well, why would you do that? That's the beauty of coaching, NFL coaching contracts. They're all yes. guaranteed. Yep. Fantastic. Unlike the players. But I, I guess that's possible, Drabby, that they could announce something tomorrow. I guess. We'll see. See how it all plays out. But it, still just kind of looking back at just the Redskins history, mm-hmm. Redskins slash WFT slash Commanders history since uh, Dan Snyder and uh, Josh Harris now have owned the teams. Um, you know, five, maybe s- five playoffs, playoff appearances right. total. Yeah, it's 
It's been putrid. It's been awful. And since 1999, they've been to the playoffs five times, yep. and they've won one of those playoff games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's hard to it's do. It's a brutal last 30 years if you're a Commanders fan. It has fan. been. Yeah, it's been rough. And Commanders fans are just hoping that Josh Harris and whoever comes in can hire the right people. They can put the right yep. quarterback in place, draft the right guys, mm-hmm. sign the right guys, and start getting better and start competing for playoff you know, chances year in, year out. Because mm-hmm. five playoffs since 1999, that's hard to do. That's gross. All right, here is your guest lineup for a Friday. Spencer Carberry, head coach of the Washington Capitals. He was moved from Wednesday till today. He'll be on with us at 7 a.m. It's Fridays with Feinstein at 8 as the author joins us every single week. And Kevin McCarthy, entertainment reporter for Fox 5. He'll tell you what to go see at the movies this weekend. That will be at 9 a.m. When we come back, we'll get into the Junkies sports page. We'll tell you about a new face in the Ravens running back room next. Welcome back to a football Friday driven by your local Honda dealer. Coach Carbs, Spencer Carberry, will join us from the Washington Capitals. Coming up at 7 a.m., Jason Bishop, I know, is heading down to the Caps game tonight. He'll be cheering on the Caps as they entertain the Carolina Hurricanes. That's right. Tonight. That's right. And Cakes told me during the break he's got 12 questions for Coach Carbs. 12 may be a stretch. So I don't know how you're going to get all 12 in. But. I do have some. 12 might be too, too many. Uh, we only but, have it for a limited amount of time. Yeah, well, you'll get them in. Yeah, I'll try. I'll do what I can. Uh, all right, so obviously the NFL final week, week 18. You've got two games tomorrow on the schedule, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And that game is at 4.30 uh, on ESPN. Is that game at the Bank Valdez? Bank game? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Very good. And Valdez will be watching it, even though the game doesn't mean anything. Um, that is true. But it mean not for the Ravens, of course, but it means a lot for the Steelers. Steelers have to win to have any shot at making the playoffs. If they win, um, I think that would be their 10th win, right? They'll be 10 and 7? Yes. I think and, they need to win and then have the Bills or, or Jags, Jags lose. lose. Correct. I, I read yesterday, I don't, can't remember where, that up to 17 Ravens players could either be in – or not inactive, but limited. I think six um, six, six are were officially inactive. I yep. think they announced yesterday. Yeah, Lamar, Ronnie Stanley, and Kevin Zeitler. Yep, along with OBJ, um, and I think uh, oh uh, Malik Harrison. Okay, also inactive. Okay. Um, oh, Dell's not going to be able to hit his incentives. I think he had that's some- true. Some reachable incentives. I think he needed. Six, his I think he needed six catches for an incentive, okay. and then he also needed. Um, I think he needed like over 130 yards receiving. For mm, something. That would have been tough. That would have been tough to get, but so he's got, you, uh, inactive. You know, Odell. Odell rented out the Spirit of Baltimore, a uh, a ship. I did Inter see Harbor. that. He oh, loves he to go on boats. Yes. That Odell Beckham and he Jr. treated he treated the entire Ravens offense oh. to like a, a midweek boat party. Ah, very oh, good a boaty party. Nice. Wasn't like. Wasn't anything like Fred Smoot's boat party in Minnesota, was it? The second no, boat party? I, don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, like I think there was more more people on this one. Let's keep it PG to PG thirteen, Odell. Mm-hmm. Let's not get too racy. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers was listed yesterday as a non-participant on the um, estimated report released on uh, earlier in the week. Um, 
Three defensive players for the Ravens are already inactive. Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens, and safety Kyle Hamilton. Uh, so they've got at least six that are inactive, and other guys can be you know, just limited participants. They'll be pulling guys off the reserve list to play in that game. The current line in that game is updated line is Pittsburgh lane four. Ooh. Actually, it dropped to three. Okay. Right, what I'm seeing here, dropped to three. But they're a significant money line favorite, almost two to one. Baltimore comes in at plus one fifty five on the money line. But Huntley would start for the Ravens. Who's the backup? Is it Johnson? Yeah, he would be the the well, he's the emergency quarterback, but he would be the probably the backup, backup. if Lamar's listed as inactive. Right. So if Lamar's not even in uniform, it'll be uh, Huntley and Johnson. So that's your current number for Saturday's first game: Steelers Ravens. The Ravens did add add Dalvin Cook. Who was uh, who signed a one year deal with the Jets? He didn't do much with the Jets. I think it's no. He was sixty seven total rushes. He was an afterthought. He didn't do anything. Didn't score a touchdown. Um, I don't hate the move for the Ravens because you know they lose Keaton Mitchell to the knee injury a couple weeks ago, so that's a hit to the running back room. Mm-hmm. You, you want to bring in a veteran for some depth. I mean, I don't know how much action he's going to see, but I don't hate it as a depth move. If he has anything left in the tank, I think it's a solid. You know, just help out the running back room. Would they by play? The would they play him tomorrow? No, I don't think he's eligible for the roster until the, the playoffs. The, until the first playoff game. Gotcha. I think he, like he needs to do. There needs to be like a week clearance for it. Okay. And then he, yeah. So I, he wouldn't be eligible until the first playoff. Game. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they did add Dalvin Cook to go there with uh, you know Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And all I wish guys. they could have added James Cook, his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they could have added him off the Bills that roster. That would have been but nice. But they can't. Yeah. Um, but the first but Pittsburgh Raven, do you think Pittsburgh goes into Baltimore? Remember Baltimore had a similar situation and you can remind me. This was these. in 2019, 2019 when when they had already locked up the one seat um right the, uh, going 14 and 2. So they and they benched started, everybody, right? They, uh they had uh Limited starters playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of backups, getting a lot of work in. Um, and RG three was the was the starter at that time. Oh. Did Trace get in that game? I don't think Trace got in. Okay. RG- By the way, the over under in this game thirty five and a half. Yeah. Not expecting a lot Small of scoring number. at the bank on Saturday. But then, so they rested a bunch of guys there, and, and then, the Ravens and the Ravens won. And the Ravens won, and then of course they had the the bye. Yeah, for the first round of the playoffs, but then their first playoff game was Tennessee, yes, and they were awful. Then they lose that, and they lost that. Right, game. they lost that game. Yep. Defense didn't play well. Right, Lamar now, played pretty decent. He had two picks, but I think he accounted for like four hundred and fifty yards. Now, is this I think the, I think the uh, the was it the receiving group? I think they had eight drops that game. Mm, okay, it was a so there was, was some a tough there, one. There was a rust factor. There was a rust factor. Also, um, keep in mind. Um, why, can't, why? Why is his um, Mark? Mark? Uh, not Mark Ingram. Mark, the running back. Why can't I think of his name? Gus Edwards. No, Mark. Mark Ingram. Right. Who used to be on the Saints? Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Uh, yes, he was uh, nicked up uh, heading into the playoffs. That kind of really hurt the hurt the Ravens. Valdez, will there be a higher level of Yinzer fan infiltration because the Steelers have something to play for? The Ravens don't. Some of the Ravens fans might just sell their tickets to the Steelers. I think the Ravens are generally good at keeping opposing fan bases out of their stadium. They're okay. I think they're. I think they're a little overrated when it comes to that. Ah, but, but uh, I think there'll be a lot of black and gold. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's not great. 
Joe from Dundalk's got to sell his tickets so he can get playoff tickets. <laughs> well, sure. It doesn't hurt. Does this game mean anything? As a fan, does it mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, I always want to beat the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, plus you get a 14-win season. You don't get a lot of so those. You, so you, you want to have the Steelers eliminated from the playoffs? You don't really. You don't want to uh, see the Steelers. Oh, in the playoffs. I don't. So, I I don't really look at playoff matchups like that. Um, I I always think about if you're in the playoffs and if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat good teams. Right. Sometimes at home, sometimes on the road. I'm immune to the Ravens going on the road and winning playoff games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't matter who you play in the in the in the playoffs. So, if the Jags won. And then the Colts beat the Texans, which is the second game on Saturday night. That's 8-15. Currently, the Texans are a slight favorite, one and a half, slight favorite on the money line at at Indy. But if that were to be the case and Jacksonville would win and beat Tennessee, win the division, they would be the four seed. And then the Colts, if they were to beat Houston, the Ravens obviously are, are on a bye. But that means the two would play the Colts. So the Dolphins, if the Dolphins ended up beating the Bills, would play the Colts. If the Bills beat the Dolphins, they would play the Colts. So you're gonna have to just kind of wait out the matchups. Right. But I just I don't I don't really say, oh man, I really want to play Team X in the playoffs. That I don't I don't do. Yeah, that. I mean anything can happen. You're right. You get the luxury of sitting back and waiting, seeing how things right. unfold. But I'm not rooting. But when the wild card games start playing, I'm not saying. Oh man, I really hope the the Browns lose. I don't want to see a hot Browns Joe Flacco team. Right. I don't do that because, like I said, you're if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you have to beat good teams in the playoffs. Correct. You, you can't you can't just cakewalk your way to right. Vegas. Right. And we we've seen that in the past with the Ravens. They've been better on paper than some, than some teams, and they haven't played well. and They've lost. Um, but it's interesting that the the decisions that Harbaugh is going to have to make. When you know you have two weeks off, basically have two weeks off for some of your starters and how many of those guys you, you play. The current number on the Cowboys-Commanders game is 13, and the Cowboys are minus 900 on the money line. All right? That's a significant, yeah. significant number. And Cakes was telling me earlier in the week he's going to put his entire account on the money line on the Cowboys. I'm considering that, yeah. yeah. I don't know how much I mean, you got why left. Why wouldn't I make an extra 50 or 60 bucks for basically doing nothing? In a game where the the team I'm yeah. betting on is guaranteed to win. I mean, the commanders coming back are plus six hundred. Earlier in the week, they were plus seven fifty or plus eight hundred. Right. So that's that's gone down a little bit. Um, but I'll be so bitter if my account gets. That's felted. a big number. I would not be happy if, if somehow Ron gets his charges to upset the Cowboys in his swan song game. And of course, uh, Sam Howe will be starting in that game. Uh, NBA last night, just a couple games. The Bucks beat the Spurs one twenty-five to one twenty-one. Giannis had forty-four and fourteen and seven assists. Um, the only highlight I saw was, and I can't remember what, where I saw it. I guess I saw it on Twitter. I think JP sent it to me. Was when Benyama had the the fast break around the back dunk. Okay. Did you see that? I did not. Uh, he finished with twenty-seven. By the way, no, it, it was a fantastic game. Wemby also threw the ball off the backboard at one point. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Dunked it. They were just going back and forth. So Bucks there was a lot of defense played. <laughs> no, it was a lot of special. those two special talents, freak, freaks of nature, the unicorns, mm-hmm. going at each other. Um, I mean, yeah, Giannis had 44. Wemby was, was doing his thing. You could see the potential. But it was just fun because they were, they were kind of going at each other. Wemby had a bunch of unbelievable blocks. It was actually 
for you know an NBA regular season game, one of the most entertaining ones of the season so far. Final score one twenty five one twenty one. The Bucks win, so the Spurs now fall to five and twenty nine. Uh, the other game was Denver beating Golden State at Golden State one thirty to one twenty seven. Just saw the highlight. And the Joker hit a, a banker three uh, at the buzzer to win. He finished with 34, 9, and 10. Um, so you had a couple games in the NBA last night. Hope you had the over in both of them. Both hit. And, of course, tonight you've got the Wizards at Cleveland again. The back-to-backers mm-hmm. played, played Cleveland a couple nights ago. Gave up 140. How many points will they give up tonight in Cleveland? The Wiz tonight. Let me tell you what the total is, too. The Wiz will allow <clears throat> 100 36 points tonight. <laughs> so a slight improvement over their most recent game in Cleveland. Drab, you want to guess what the total is, current total? <laughs> 243. 240. Cleveland minus 500 money line, laying 10 in the game. Wizards plus 385. Current totals 240. What if I double down on money line bets? Double down on the Cavs money line mm-hmm. and then the Commanders money line. So you want to take the Cavs and the... I should just do it each as like a straight straight bet. Just individual bets. So you want to take the Cavs and the Cowboys? No, no. I just want oh. to take the Cavs tonight yeah. in a straight bet. Right. And then take whatever I win from that, throw it on the pile, <clears throat> and then bet it all on the Cowboys on Sunday. Okay. I'd have to do the numbers on yeah. that. Yeah. How much you got left in your account? About 600 Really? I mean, it's not great. That's, it's that's... not terrible. That's it's pre- a decent, it's that's a pretty decent, decent little nest egg there to play with. That's pretty decent. It's not bad. All right. Well, if it's you put decent play money, <laughs> if you put six hundred on the Cavs tonight just to beat the Wizards, I mean, they're you're basically going to win right. you know, less than a hundred bucks. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not the smartest uh, betting move. <laughs> but if you because it, what if the Cavs just say, you know what, we're not even we're not even going to prepare for the for the Wizards because. We know we're going to beat them. We just beat them by 39 a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. And what if they just show up and completely airmail the game in and the Wizards just catch fire and my and my account gets vaporized? I get a little bit uh, I mean, it's the NBA. It's the NBA. The Sacramento Kings were playing at home against the Charlotte Hornets yeah. a few nights ago. They were a huge favorite. Huge. And I did an NBA parlay, yeah. money line parlay, for 10 bucks. It would have mm-hmm. paid me, like, I don't know, $32. Right. I hit all the other games, mm-hmm. but of course Sacramento lost at home to the Charlotte Hornets, who are just <laughs> terrible. If you put six hundred on Cleveland on the money line, yeah, what's uh, that return? That pays you back one twenty. All right, it's not all the right. worst. All right, so that you'd have seven twenty in your account. Okay, right. good. Then you put the seven twenty on. You wanted to put the seven twenty uh, on Dallas on yeah, Dallas just course. to win. Yes, and let's see what that would pay you. And again, some people think that. The uh, commanders can pull off an upset. Who, I, I, who thinks? Who, who, I don't know. Who, I got a couple people, that, a couple buddies of mine, that said, you don't, "Don't be shocked. Dallas has choked in this position well, before." I mean, are, are they just be, are they Dallas fans who just no, no, they're, up, wa- they're, they're just Washington oh, they're commanders fans. fans. Yeah, they're Washington fans. Um, all right. So if the, then if you hit that, and you put seven twenty on Dallas just to win. It'll pay you back eighty. So if both of those teams won, you'd want you win a total of two hundred bucks. Okay. I'll, so you, know you push your account from six hundred to eight hundred. I will take it under consideration. That's what I'll do. Drabby, would you do that? No, <laughs> no. 
He likes long oh, shots. I wanted to ask you this. He never because do that. I, I have a, I have a, I'm the, and the group of people think that commanders could shock the Cowboys. Oh, oh, you, oh you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to pick that, but right. I think it could happen. <laughs> you think they have a one last hurrah, uh, one great last, effort yeah. for Ron? One, the only, the only, one last ride. The only chance that happens is if Dak gets hurt in the first quarter and Cooper Rush has to come in and play the rest <laughs> right. of Right. All right. If Dak plays four quarters, C.D. Lamb plays four. All those guys play four quarters. Yeah. Dane. I don't think no it matters. Goal. Dak could snap his ankle on the first play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then Cooper Rush is gonna he's gonna go over to Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy's gonna say, "Throw the ball to C.D. Lamb twenty times, and we win the game." All okay. right. And then the, the game's you, over. You lurch faders, you know what to do. <laughs> All right. And what are you gonna do with the national championship game on Monday? You've got two thousand dollars riding on it. I'm gonna. You gonna, gonna let it ride? Nope. Wow. Gonna let it ride. Not maybe gonna... maybe a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. I don't know. Yeah, I think you got uh, outside of that. Not much. Mm. You got to hedge it a little bit. Uh, but there you go. That's your. Those are your betting angles Very for good. for NFL Week 18. All right. Don't forget, coming up at seven, we will talk Washington Capitals hockey with Spencer Carberry, the head coach of the Capitals. But I believe Drab had a very Rick day yesterday. He'll fill us in on the details of that. When we come back, Caps head coach Spencer Carberry on deck. He will be on the show at 7 a.m. John Feinstein at 8. And Kevin McCarthy to talk movies and entertainment. That's coming up at 9. Pretty full guest roster today on the Junks. Drabby, did you have a bad day yesterday? Do you want to fill in the blanks? I definitely, I was definitely Rick Mahorn yesterday. Oh, no. All right, when did it start? <laughs> uh, mid to late afternoon. Okay. What time did you leave the office? Uh, yes. he had a bad day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one forty-five. I think yesterday. I stayed a little later okay. doing bit season stuff. Okay. And then By the you... way, check out the new episode. One twelve was yep. a good one yesterday. Okay. Good. Well, what's, what was a topic? Uh, we talked about New Year's Eve parties. <clears throat> we talked about overrated travel destinations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Destinations we would want to go visit. Mm, good. Gotcha. It was a good one. Um, All right, so you left at one forty-five, and I'm guessing it, you were headed home. Well, I was he- I was uh, <clears throat> headed home. Then my wife texted me and said, "Hey, can you stop off at the store? We we need a ton of snacks for okay. the kids, right? We have nothing." All right. So I go to the store and I'm checking out. I'm like, "Oh my god, I just spent so much money," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "I'm I'm so felted from the holidays okay. and just looking at the credit card bills sure. and medical bills, all, you know, all that kind of stuff that adds up." And so I'm already like, "This sucks." Salty right, like just a yeah. salty. Can I guess yeah. what, what, money Can off. I guess what you spent? Where'd you go, Harris Teeter? No, no, I was at Target yesterday. Okay. okay. Let me get, can I guess what your bill was at Target? Well, I mean, it was just it, it was it was one hundred and twelve dollars. I was going to guess one hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah, but I was just buying garbage. What sort of garbage snacks are we talking about? Like fruit snacks? Are we talking like cheez Its? <laughs> All I mean, of it. it veggie was, sticks. Ah, veggie sticks. It wasn't even a healthy day yesterday. Okay. A lot of times, I guess some, some strawberries, mm-hmm. chips, Big Newtons. All that crap. Okay. It's going to be gone in three days. Sure. So I, my wife calls me, and I have to say, like, uh, I, I guess nice for my wife. She's my partner or my ride or die, but yeah. sometimes things happen, and I'm just like, only you, right? <laughs> I, I can't wait me. to hear this. She, she's already stressed out from work, and she's just feeling squeezed and all yeah. kinds of stuff. She's a teacher. And she calls me, a preschool teacher. So she calls me on her break, and she goes, um, don't be mad. Oh. I'm like, oh, God. You had a bad day. Oh, boy. <laughs> and she goes, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I, 
I was just um, I was pulling out oh. uh, of the Wendy's parking lot. Oh, baconator, okay. baconator with a pretzel bun. Oh, I mean, who sea doesn't salt love, fries. Yeah, yeah, who, who doesn't love the Wendy's drive? I think they have like a coffee flavored frosty now too, Valdez. What are we doing? And so anybody good. who lives in Aldi or South Ridden area knows exactly the Wendy's I'm talking about. Yeah. And she goes, I was turning right, and the sun was in my eyes. Oh. Uh, okay. And I hit a curb. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you hit a curb? I go, okay. But she goes, don't worry. Nothing happened to the outside of the car. Okay. I go, okay. I'm like, what? Outside, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm like, what? Okay. What's it's? You're so, what are you so stressed? Like, what's going on? She goes, the, there, there's, there, she's like panicking. Okay. And, and I'm okay. I got deep breath. You're fine. There's no damage to the car. Mm-hmm. And she goes, but I don't know what happened. Not it, it, something. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Was she? It's like happened? screaming? No, oh. she was just frantic. Yeah, what okay. happened? And I go, okay. So I go, Sarah, what happened? Yeah. She goes, all the airbags exploded. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I, I go, what? <laughs> the airbags exploded? All of them? Like even the side airbag, side yes. and the d- steering wheel, and that's the just pass- what she said. Oh. All right, I got a 2021 Volkswagen At- Atlas. It's like one of the you know, third row SUVs, so it's a bigger car. Sure, I'm like, w- no, there's no way, there's no way. Are you kidding me? What you hit a curb and the airbags exploded? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and she goes, "Can you come by? I, I need you to. Come- yes, I'll come by. I need uh, look at it. It does not make." And she said, I think there's something wrong with the car okay. that shouldn't have happened. Right? Right. And she said, not, I didn't hit the, not, I don't even think I hit the curb. I didn't feel anything. Okay. The infamous, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. So I pull up to, uh, to the car. And, of course, it looks like bed sheets are hanging from the windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure it's cheap to put those back. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, I, I knew that that was a, ba- a bad beat when those oh, happened. Tragic. I didn't really know how expensive it is. Oh, I <laughs> I look inside the car, and only, thank God, at least the, the steering wheel one didn't go off, but the side looked like, uh, you know, a lifeboat or something when you jump up. <laughs> right. It, the entire side of the car on both sides, completely <laughs> airbags are dropped down. Terrible. Smells like dust right. and dirt. It was an explosion in my car. <laughs> I go, Sarah, there's no way these just accidentally deployed. What happened? And I go around and I look. I go, where, where did you hit? You're she surveying goes, the scene. Yeah, I, she goes, the front right tire, I think. Uh-huh. I think. A lot of okay. I thinks. Right. I go and look at the rim. And it looks like Wolverine and Freddy Krueger got into a, a fight with my rim. Oh, no. I'm like, Sarah, of course. You, how fast were you going? Oh. You, I was barely moving. Right. right. Sure. Hey, hey, that Baconator, she wanted to get home to devour that thing. So I think what happened. She pummeled that tire. I think what happened is she was, she just was going fast enough or was somehow got the car lopsided, enough tilted. Yeah. 
where the module inside the car thinks the car is about to roll over. Sure. And so that's why it deploys the side airbags. Mm-hmm. I'm when I I look up the cost because uh-huh. I'm like, well, this is a nightmare. Majority of the time when airbags are deployed, yeah. they automatically total the car. Right. Because it's so expensive to put these to things stuff back, them in, back in. Stuff them back yeah. in. It's like a $10,000. It can be oh. up to $10,000. Put the bags back in. Because there's so many small parts that like explode. Yeah. The delicacy of putting them back in. All the safety precautions. Yeah, like yeah. the labor it takes to put airbags back into a car with all the dump parts. I usually see it. They're like. Just throw it on the scrap pile. Yeah. It's not even worth it. Well, usually there's a lot of damage, too, yeah, yeah. when sure. airbags. <laughs> usually, usually, yeah, usually when they're all deployed, you'd be happy to spend $10,000 to save your life. Right. Uh, I mean, usually yeah. they don't deploy when you're just peeling out after getting a taco salad at <laughs> Wendy's. <laughs> and I go, oh, only, only you. And then, she, you know, there's tears from her end. And she's doing the, I've been such a good driver bit. <laughs> Haven't you complained about her driving like a hundred times? Uh, over the- somehow, like a month ago, she's driving my car, right? And she says a guy in front of her hit hit a deer, and the deer flew over her the guy's car and somehow hit my car and smashed my headlights. Mm-hmm. And I go out and look at my car, and there's deer hair all over my car. Right. And smash my my headlights still smash. <laughs> hey, you know what? That same thing happened in Goodfellas. Remember yeah. Joe Pesci had to tell his mom. Yeah, he hit a deer. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Need this knife. Hoof. Yeah. hoof was in the grill. Hoof. <laughs> so I already took the car to the auto body. I'm sure hey, I did mom, everything. I'm gonna borrow this big knife. I'll bring it back. I had to file a claim immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's the here's the dumbest thing. There's no thing chance I did. insurance covers no, no, no. it. They go. They, they they you should tow the car, and I'm like. I think it still runs. I'm, I'm going to drive this thing to the auto body shop. Mm. I drove like five miles with those airbags. That was so dumb. Oh, right? my God. Could you see anything? Could see anything. He looked like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> the things look like sails. I'm driving, <laughs> holding the airbags up with my left hand, driving with my right. It was so uh, embarrassing. For people oh, looking at yes, you. Yes, everybody's the, looking at me. He's got the Nina. <laughs> so so nuts. What an awful day. <laughs> what I, a terrible day you had. I didn't even get home till like 8 o'clock with the kids. Because then we had to go to the auto body place, and we had to go to Enterprise right. and, and re- rent a number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this, the, air, the year is off to a banger of a oh, start. Yeah, 2024 is not off to a banner start So what's for it going to cost you total? I don't know. I'll find out later today, but at least thousands. Oh, oh my Well, God. I mean, I have insurance, but I've been th- they'll drop me. I, I've been dropped so many times by insurance oh, man. companies. Man, I thought I was paying a lot for insurance. I couldn't imagine seeing your premiums. She's a disaster. I'm the paying wheel. a lot because I'm insuring like four the, or five cars. You know what? You know what happened? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's son at all. I think she was trying to get those fries, dip them in the frosty, yeah, and pop, and pop the curb. She popped the yeah, curb. She wasn't watching. Yeah. yeah. Is she normally? She's a terrible a, driver. Is she normally a fast driver in parking she's lots? Not, she's not fast. No, she's just careless, um, reckless. What's the word without getting in massive trouble, um, oblivious. Okay, <laughs> I, I could see that getting you in trouble, but I think yeah, yeah. it's a good choice of words, man. That, that I mean, I do. I'm laughing, but I do feel it's bad for you. You have a beat. big fat bill to pay. It's not mm. great. Oh, hopefully insurance covers it. I have oh, no idea. I've well, seen plenty of people. Happens. I've seen people say insurance w- w- won't cover it. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the doomsday call. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'd be avoiding those calls. And it's not like you can't f- not fix the airbag. No, no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I've been driving around with a broken headlight for a month. Who cares? Right. right. Uh, the, the airbags are, you, you can't, you, it's undrivable. Yeah, of course. It's, it's a menace. Yeah. Yeah, All yes. the alarms are going off while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that the airbags didn't blow out one of the windows. Do they come out pretty violently? Oh, yeah. They come out yeah, with the quickness. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, saw, I guess I'm, I'm guessing the windows are I saw a woman who it. was in a car wreck <laughs> that got pwned by the airbag in a doctor's office. This is probably 10 or 12 years ago. Face was pummeled because mm-hmm. the airbag, it doesn't come out, come out doesn't come out gently. It comes out with the quickness. Yeah. Please, Lord, I never want an airbag to go off Never in my let car it deploy. Or my daughters or my wife. No. Ever. Please, please make sure that doesn't happen. And if it does happen... Make sure you're eating a Frosty with a bunch of fries sticking out of it, and you're going five miles per hour. And Sarah needs to go back to driving school. Sorry, she just does. She drives a mile and a half every day. (laughs) Yeah, keep the commute short. Still costs you 10 grand. Unreal. All right, coming up next, we will pivot away from airbags exploding in your car, pulling out of fast food establishments, to talking about the Washington Capitals. Spencer Carberry, head coach of the Capitals, will join us next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Time to head to the BetQL guest hotline. We say good morning to Washington Capitals head coach Spencer Carberry. He's brought to you by the Centers for Advanced Orthopedics. More physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing, you visit cfaortho.com. Good morning, Coach. How are you on this game day? Doing very well. Good morning. Good, good. Let's uh, let's rewind a little bit to before, basically to the Pens game. Would you consider that, now I know you're in your first season, your biggest regular season win since you became Caps head coach? You had a, a four-game skid heading in. You're facing your biggest rival and division opponent on the road, national TV game. Sid versus Ovi, both teams with 40 points heading into the game. You get out of Pittsburgh with the 4-3 win. Congrats on that. Is that your biggest regular season notch so far? It's definitely up there. I think we had some um, probably – what was surrounding the game was probably as big as we've um, 
gotten. We've had some character, some tough wins, whether it was Vegas at home, um, some some games like that. The Rangers game at home a few weeks ago, I thought we played really well. But the circumstance surrounding the pit game with, like you said, us going in, um, the rivalry, all that stuff. The, our game, as it, as it unfolded, as, as you know, um, getting up early first period was excellent and then and then the second and third um not ideal but we did we did enough to to hang on and and did some good things in the third period to protect that one goal lead once they got it right back uh so it was good and coach a a pretty big side note there we have to all and i don't mean just caps and pens fans i mean all hockey fans you have to cherish these Ovi and Sid matchups because we don't know how many more of them we're going to have at this point because these look these guys they're not youngsters that just got drafted into the league anymore we have to we've got to cherish the ones that we have left Mm -hmm. you're 100 percent right and and it we almost take it for granted sometimes because when you're in the in the moment and watching it you just think it's going to go on for your lifetime and oh it'll it'll always be like that but then when it's gone you go, you, you always reflect back and God, I miss those uh, matchups and those games and how many years they went uh, back and forth and the, the ability of both guys and leading their teams and the rivalry. So I, I couldn't agree more. And it's sometimes it's hard to take a step back and, and think about that and really try to cherish, like you said, the, the, the games that they do play because they are, um, you can tell it means a little bit more in those games and you can feel it. I'm just standing on the bench in, in my shoes. Then you had to play the back-to-backer and play the Devils um, here. I know you guys got in late that night. We talked to Stromer uh, yesterday. Yeah. He, he said he got in about 2 a.m. Uh, you know, those back-to-backers are tough, even though you guys have been pretty good in that spot. But you, you couldn't start Lindgren. Um, he's got an upper body. He was placed on the injured reserve, I think, Wednesday. I think that's what I read. <clears throat> yeah. So talk to me about how long he's going to be out. And, of course, you had to start Hunter Shepard in that game against the Devils. And, uh, you know, it's a tough spot yeah. for a young guy like him. Yeah. And, and usually in those spots, and, and the re- part of the reason that we've had success in those spots is you, you're going to need um, your goaltending to bail you out a little bit right. Um, right. in those back-to-back, especially when you're playing against a fresh team where they've got tons of legs and tons of energy. And so Shep um, wasn't his best. So it it, it um, made it a little bit more challenging for us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do I think we still had a shot in that game? For sure. But Jersey as well, um, they're a good young team. And, and you can see the young talent that's coming that's going to be there for years to come. And so that makes it even more challenging when you're playing against a team that's that's real young and fast and can move. It, it really stresses you from a defensive standpoint. And, and you could tell um, going back through the film and seeing our guys try to close and try to um, do things defensively that normally were in good spots. We were chasing it a lot against their team. Specifically to Chucky, I, I think it's he's getting closer. He, he's not going to play um, tonight or dress tonight. But I think um, after that, there, there's some potential for him to – start getting into game action. It, says, it says he's eligible to come off on Sunday against LA. Is that something that you you're hoping? Yeah. I, I don't know if he'll be able to achieve that yet, but okay. I do know he's progressing in, in the right direction with skating and, and all that. I just don't know when, um, if he'll be available against LA. Coach Carbs, some new young talent, a fresh face on the caps. Ethan bear gets on the scoring sheet in the win over the pens. He assisted on Willie's goal. 
Can you get the listeners and some of, some of the hosts here, myself included, up to speed on Bear? He, he's the new addition, just made the Caps debut uh, in late December. He should provide some nice depth to that defensive core for you. Yeah, young defenseman. He's been in a few organizations um, in Edmonton, started his career and, and sort of bounced around Carolina, Vancouver. But we feel like he's still um, a young enough and, and went through some injury stuff with his shoulder, and that's why he missed the first half of the season. Um, we commit a two-year deal to him. So so definitely think that there's some potential there of, of, of a young defenseman that still has some room to grow into um, – being an everyday and a, and a solid NHL defenseman on a winning team. And that's um, as far as his skill set, he's an undersized, really good skater um, can ha- has good instincts, like can make a play in a tight area, can find shot lanes. So that's what sort of intrigues us about that. And then it'll be just the defending part and being able to, um, you know, play against other teams, top six, top two lines and be able to defend at a high level. Um, if he can continue to grow in that area, I think he's got a good chance. So another new face, at least to the Caps, but this guy's a veteran, Max Pacioretty, a.k.a. Patches. He made his debut in the loss to the Devils, played in his first game in nearly a year after coming back from an Achilles tear. He was pretty tough on himself post game. His quote was, it probably couldn't get any worse than it did for me. Is this a spot where you or an assistant coach like pulls him aside and tells him not to beat himself up too much, that it's one game, there are better days ahead, or you just let him work his way through it because he's a vet. He's played in a ton of, of high-pressure NHL games. How, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think more the latter. And, I, and I'll talk to him um, a little bit today with yesterday being off, but he, he knows and I know um, that it, with a young player, it, it might affect him going into the next game, and he might be down and lose a little bit of confidence. But for Max, I don't worry about that at all. He he knows, and him and I have talked, it's going to be a process coming back. He's he's not 25 years old. He's 35. He's missed a lot of hockey. He's jumping into an NHL season mid, mid-season where everybody's in mid-season form, and it's not just like snapping your fingers and okay, I'm going to be playing at a, at a real high level. You ideally hope that, but it's, it's just not realistic. So we know it's going to be a process. I know it's going to be a process and, and he'll uh, the maturity level and, and all his years of experience will help him through this as he just builds his game back um, to the level that he's capable of. So, Talk about tonight. Um, you know, it's not a must-win, obviously, but it's a division game. Uh, Friday night lights should be packed at home. You guys uh, have lost five of six. You need something to go right here. Um, and Carolina's won four straight, and they've scored 19 goals in those four games, three of them on the road against good teams like the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. Yeah. So, so talk about Carolina and prepping for them tonight. Yeah, we're um... – we're we're in a tough stretch here, and and it's only going to get more difficult uh, with tonight specifically, and and even moving forward. So this is this is essentially our our test right here. Is this next stretch of games for for our group? Is if if we're going to be able to contend and and be one of the top teams in the NHL, this is going to be our our test for the year. And um, it, it sort of has started already, but this is no different tonight. Carolina's playing at a real high level, fantastic team. Um, and gives you all sorts of issues from which you touched on a scoring perspective, their four-check pressure, uh, and, and the way that they defend. Their, their top six are, are elite in this league on, the, on their back end, one through six with Orly being added to the mix, and Brady Shea, and Jacob Slavin, and, and all those guys. So Brett Burns as well. 
so we um we know what we're going to need. It's going to be, it's going to need to be our best moving forward. And, and tonight um, is a good test for us and, and an opportunity for us to show it. We're joined by Washington Capitals head coach, Spencer Carberry. So props to Tom Wilson for getting the nod to his second all-star game of his career. Very cool that it's being held in his hometown of Toronto. So that's nice. A well-deserved honor for Willie. Nice touch by you and the Caps too, having Tom's dad deliver that news to Tom in yeah. front of the entire team in the locker room. That was a cool scene. Yeah, it, it was great. And and uh, this is the first time he's been named. If, if you remember last time, um, he he was a fill-in. I, I can't remember if it was for O or someone. Um, and still a huge honor to, to be named after the fact. But now this being named in the initial group, um, being, um, you know, picked as an all-star by the league, it's a pretty, pretty cool deal and a, and a huge accomplishment for Willie. And he's already had a ton in his career of, of achievements, individual achievements, along with team achievements, and re- really proud of him. And I, I think it's pretty cool, too, when you when you think about the way that he plays and the type of player he is to be recognized by the rest of his the league, peers, management, um, the league in general, fans around the world. Um, what what an honor! Like the way that he plays the game, and to be an all star and a bit of a throwback player, but plays for his teammates, uh, plays the right way, can score, can can do it all. It's um, it's pretty impressive. Coach Carbs, three power play goals in the last two games. Caps have climbed to twenty fifth in the NHL now in power play goals. In your last eleven, eight for twenty nine. That's a almost a twenty eight percent clip, and it's been the second power play unit that's been a huge part of that. Yeah, the young bucks um, are doing a great job, and they're um, they're driving those PP numbers, like you said. The the McMichaels of the world, Protoss, Anthony Manta, have done a really good job of of um, finding ways to contribute, even in that um, sort of secondary time that that they get coming out over the boards after um, you know our first unit. So it's. Um, it continues to be a work in progress, but I love the fact that they're pushing the envelope. And, and, and that now, you look at last game, it, it puts me in a spot where you want to put them out there. So halfway in, a minute into a power play, it's not automatic that the first unit stays out there. It's, no, nope, we're rolling with the second unit now. Come on off, guys, and, and let them go to work and do their thing. And they're, they're being rewarded for it and getting the job done and getting results. Coach Carbs, thanks again for joining us on game day. Best of luck against the Canes tonight and the Kings on Sunday. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Have a great day, guys. All right, buddy. Yep, Good you luck. Too. That's head coach Spencer Carberry from the centers. He's sponsored by the centers for advanced orthopedics, more physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing. You visit CFAortho.com for more details. Just a little betting angle um, for tonight's game against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina, like I mentioned to coach, has scored 19 goals in the last four games, yeah. three of those on the road against some good teams. Mm-hmm. They've scored, I think, 131 goals in in two more games than the Caps. Right. And the Caps are in that 80 range, so they've scored about 50 more goals. Mm-hmm. And the Caps have played the second most unders in NHL this year. Makes the sense. Only, only team that's played more unders is, uh, is Florida in terms of a percentage. So the Caps are playing 62.5% unders this year. Uh, second highest number in the NHL.
Mm. So, and the total night's six. May have to work. May have to work that angle into the junkies weekend parlay. They that's, play a lot of unders. That's coming up here at seven forty-five. And don't forget, John Feinstein will join us coming up. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At eight. Coming up a bit later in today's show, we'll give you a chance to win two tickets to see the Washington Wizards take on Detroit Monday, January 15th. That is MLK Day. So keep listening for your chance to win those ticks. Mm-hmm. Here are your guests still remaining on the show. You got John Feinstein coming up at 8. And Kevin McCarthy will join us coming up at 9 o'clock to tell you what movies to go see this weekend. In between watching all the NFL. And you still want me to go see Godzilla minus one. I mean. Is that I, still out? It's definitely still, still out. Still out? Okay. It's probably adding theaters as we speak. All right. So you want me to see that? I think you should see it. I want I want your review. Yeah. And is, I'm, is it, I'm guessing that's short. Hour and uh, 35, hour and 40 minutes? I think it's around two hours. Is it? Okay. Not 100% on that, but it's. Close to two hours. Just got a nod from Drab on that. And you saw Iron Claw. You think I should go see that as well? I think it's more important if you had to, to choose. Mm-hmm. Better to see Godzilla in the in the theater. Okay. You need that one for the theater experience because the graphics, special yeah, effects, and the are crazy. sound, and yeah. you know the, the the whole spectacle of it. Like Iron Claw, you can wait till that come. You know, you can rent it for five bucks at your house, right? And be depressed at home. Okay. When you watch the second half of that movie, right. I'm already depressed anyway well, on a daily then, basis. Then, if that's I don't the need case, more depression. If that's the case, then maybe you stay away from the Iron Claw. Okay, uh, it's not what I would describe as a feel-good flick. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go to some audio here from Craig Carton. He is a radio guy on FS1. He has a bold coaching prediction that he wants uh, everybody to hear, and here it is. Nick Sirianni is not safe, and it's easy to say, well, wait a minute. The guy has not had a bad year at all. They're in the playoffs, and they decide to run the ball. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles win one or even two playoff games. There will be the desire for somebody's head on a stick, and that somebody would be Nick Sirianni. They love Harry Roseman there. 
They love Jeff Lurie there now. But the one guy that you're going to blame is going to be Nick Sirianni. So he is not 100% safe. And I'll tell you the guy they're going to request. And it makes total sense. Because it's almost like... When Pamela Anderson got divorced from Tommy oh, Lee, oh, okay. Okay. every yeah, good-looking guy with money is like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. I'm going to take my shot. And all of a sudden, Pamela Anderson in her prime is going to be available. And her name is Bill Belichick. Oh. Because if I'm an Eagle fan and things go south the way they look like they're starting to go for Nick Sirianni, and New England announces, we are parting ways with Bill Belichick. Yeah, we all know the Chargers are on the phone in a minute, and they try to get him out west. But if I'm Jeff Lurie, oh, by the way, where's Jeff Lurie from? Uh, New England. England, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's right. He's a Massachusetts guy, right? And he's won a Super Bowl. And he's beloved now because he brought Philly a Super Bowl, right? And I think I've got all the pieces. I've got A.J. Brown. I've got the quarterback. I've got the running back, although they won't use him, in DeAndre Swift. I've got an average defense, but Belichick's a genius when it comes to defensive game plans. If I'm Philly and it doesn't go right, I'll be the first team to try to beat the Chargers to the phone and bring Bill Belichick in, and they would love him in Philadelphia. I mean, it seems like a bit of a stretch to me, but it, Sirianni's going to—he's going to post a probably 12-win campaign, and his job is all of a sudden it, in jeopardy. Yeah, like, I mean. Maybe he could get fired, could get thrown overboard because the Eagles have kind of fallen apart down the stretch. And if they have an early playoff exit, maybe, maybe like a 5% chance of it happening. Mm. But I think that's just, I think it's a wild theory for yeah. Craig Carton. Yeah. I don't think it's as, as, as wild as you think. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of rumbling about Sirianni, especially him kind of tripping and falling down the stretch mm-hmm. here. And I think a lot of people think this team has, all the talent in the world, and Sirianni's the one holding them back. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's. I don't think you have the pulse on uh, the the Philly fan base. People are. I probably don't. But people are sharpening their knives. Uh, maybe talking the case, about but Sirianni like, I, right I now. just think that they've been undone by a, a poor defense, mm-hmm. and you know, Jalen Hurts has been pretty good, but he's been also banged up. I think through a good portion of the year, he's been playing through that, right, and. Despite all that, they're still going to win twelve games and make a playoff appearance. So I, I and that'll be a his third time in a row. Thinking that that yeah. is a guy that you're just going to just push off the plank. I know. I know how Philly fans in general are. They're crazy. Yeah. They're <laughs> nuts. And you know they just if you win twelve games, but you you're out of the playoffs early, it's a terrible season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other teams would love to just make the playoffs. The Washington Commanders, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I, I know that they're nuts, but I I'd be surprised. If they fired him after three years, now look. If they lose to the Giants this week and then they're out of the playoffs, ugly in the first round in the wild card round, maybe. Yeah, we'll, but we'll just have you to have wait to re- and see. Remember, Jeff Lurie fired Doug Peterson like two years after winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now they won like four games, but still, <laughs> right? That's that's if he thinks he can get a better difference. coach. And championships are are you know are the bar. It is kind of a. Yeah. It's just fun to think about. Yeah, yeah sure. I, yeah, he said not 100% sure, you know, safe. That's all he said. Yeah. So it's just kind of fun. But that would be if Belichick 
went to the Eagles with all that talent, that would be must but like, much watch. Then you then you strip him of, of all of his personnel duties because Howie Roseman's not going to give yeah. up the the keys there. Maybe that's to Belichick. Mm-hmm. No, he wouldn't. Or maybe <clears> Belichick. <throat> maybe Belichick is at the point in his career where he's like, you know what? Now I just I just want to coach. I just want a really good team. Roseman. Maybe he respects Roseman and his his roster building acumen and says, you know what? I could take something off my plate. I'm 72. I think he's 72 at this point. Now I just need to focus on the head coaching because doing the head coaching and the personnel hasn't worked out since Tom Brady left New England. So maybe it's something he would consider. But, man, they they have played awful the last it's month been, and a half. It's been a brutal end yep. to the schedule for Philadelphia. Right. Like, I couldn't believe just win one Arizona of those. beat them. Like, that was Well, and it's just the way they beat them. I mean, you, you go down, you kick that field goal. You play very conservative yeah. on that last drive. If you're Philly, that you kick the field goal. And then, you know, a couple minutes left, and Kyler goes right down the field. I mean, instantly, and they score a touchdown. That, that's, I mean, it's been bad the last Philadelphia four or five weeks. Could, they, they could be, you know, a team that gets knocked out early. Like, the, the defense can be had. That's obvious. If you allow Arizona to score in the mid-30s against you, that means anybody can basically put up 30 against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Smith <clears throat> left that game with an ankle injury. He was he left the stadium in a walking boot. Right. I mean, they say it's mild, but AJ Brown had a much bigger start and middle to the season than end of the season. So th- things, you know, despite a, an eleven win campaign, things aren't super rosy in Philadelphia they're right not, now. They're not. They're not. They're starting to panic. If, if things play out the way we think, that and Dallas beats Washington, wins the division, the Eagles would be the five seed, and then they would play the four seed, which would be the uh, NFC South division winner. You know, if Tampa beats Carolina, it would be Tampa. So Philly would have to go to Tampa in that first wild card round. If they win that game, then they would have to play. Who would they have to play? They'd have to go to the 49ers, wouldn't they? I think that's right. Yeah, because it would be the lowest no, remaining, in the divisional round. Seed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a tough so, road for them if that's the way it unfolds. Yeah. But, you know, the the way and, – and the knock on Philly all year was, even though they were winning games, they were winning ugly. Right. Uh, and then – Hurts got hurt, and um, their defense just has not looked good. Got pummeled by San Francisco, pummeled by the Cowboys. Um, obviously, allowing thirty-five to Kyler Murray. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll in see the last happens. the last five games, they've allowed thirty-five, twenty-five. That was in a win against the Giants. They lost twenty seventeen to the Seahawks. They allowed thirty-three to the Cowboys and forty-two. To the Niners, so they have been. They've been hemorrhaging on defense. Yeah. Has been the main culprit. Yeah, but Valdez, you're right. Philly, Philly fans, they they get so salty. Doesn't matter how good your regular season is. You know they expect greatness. Uh, I and I, I think what what separates Philly fans from uh, like a <laughs> regular fan base mm-hmm. is that they they're always looking for someone. Someone needs to be blamed. Right. There, has, need, there needs to be a head on a on yeah. a platter yeah. if things don't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't think you can really – the only head that you can offer up right now would be Sirianni, I feel like. Yeah. They did lose their coordinators. But it is Sirianni's kind of – his job to go out and find some guys to replace the good, the good coordinators that get head coaching jobs. Because I, I think Carton said in the clip, you know, everyone loves Roseman – Mm-hmm. You know, Lori's gained popularity in in Philly. You know, you just gave Jalen Hurts a big big extension, big deal. Um, I mean, I, I 
I guess the only real position group that's lacking is their linebacking core. But other than yeah. that. I know. It's been a surprise, believe me. Well, if a they, huge if, surprise. I think Schefter they've struggled down the stretch. Schefter said the other day um, that Sirianni's job is safe. But just say he is fired, he better go to the top of the commander's list. Yeah. I take Sirianni over over Ben Johnson. No offense to Ben Johnson, but Sirianni's been to playoff. He's three for three. Did you see the list of the NFL players put out their top their favorite coordinators? Did you see that yesterday? No, the players did. Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, how many players are there? Like seventeen hundred, something like that. Um, yeah, it makes sense. 53 they, times 32, NFL, whatever that is. NFL players ranked the top five coordinators in the league. All right. And here were the names that came up based on the players' opinions. Top five offensive coordinators in this order, one to five. Frank Smith from the Dolphins. Okay. Thomas Brown from the Panthers. Don't know anything about him. Panthers obviously have been it horrible. It's kind of surprising with the, I mean, I get maybe his players just love him. It's just. Doesn't yep. have a lot of great players to work with. Brian Schottenheimer from the Cowboys was number three. Brian Callahan from the Bengals was number four. And number five was Kellen Moore from the Chargers. So there was, those were the top five offensive coordinators based on the players' favorites. Uh, top five defensive coordinators, Aaron Glenn from the Detroit Lions. Okay. Steve Wilkes from the Niners. Yep. Dan Quinn from the Cowboys. Brian Flores from the Vikings and Raheem Morris from the Rams. So I think four of those five, I believe, all have prior head coaching experience. Yes. Those last four, those last mentioned. four, yeah: Wilkes, Quinn, Flores, and Morris. Yeah, has Morris been a head? Was he in Tampa? I think Where was he? I think he was the head coach. Where was he? In Atlanta. Tampa. Was I think it, it was Tampa. I'd yeah, have to I'd, double check. I'd have to check that one. He was at minimum an interim head coach, if not just a full-blown head coach for a while, from what I remember. But again, what's interesting about this, and of course this is just the players you know, voting, and I don't know how many of the players actually had experience with these guys, but um, Biennemi not on the list, mm-hmm. and Ben Johnson, who Drabby just brought up from Detroit, not on the list. On the top five. Uh, he was the Bucks head coach, 09-11. Right. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Biennemi, do you see the rumorville about him? Is that if Arthur Smith is let go in Atlanta, Atlanta, that he would be on the short list of head coaching candidates there in Atlanta? So he's on the short list with the Chargers and on the short list with Atlanta. Seemingly. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, his name is popping up. But these other guys, you know, the Aaron Glens of the world might get some interviews as well. Certainly. All right, when we come back, we will get into the Junkies Weekend Parlay. We'll put our heads together, try to formulate a winning bet. And at 8 a.m., we're joined by John Feinstein here on The Fan. Welcome back to Football Friday, driven by your local Honda dealer. It's time now for the Junkies Weekend Parlay, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of 106.7 The Fan. Let's hit one, boys. Let's make some money this weekend. Let's do this. By the way, uh, Valdez, I had a bunch of uh, individual golf plays yesterday for the first round of the Century Tournament of Champions. Good. And um, hope you had the gala. I didn't have the first round. I didn't have the gala, um, but I did a bunch of um, over under total scores for the first round, and I had under sixty eight and a half for Patrick Cantlay. And I also have Cantley in one of my golf pools, and he shot, I think he's seven under. Nice. I saw good start. He yeah. balled out yesterday. Yeah, well, hats off to you. <laughs> right. 
There's there's about five people out there that get that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but man, the, just watching that yesterday, just the views. Kapalua looks like a lovely place to play. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I don't know to... how you can walk that course for four days. Yeah, so but... hilly. <laughs> but it's a that's a bucket list place K- to play. Cakes always says walking golf courses. That's easy. Yeah, go walk Kapalua for four days. I mean, just. Please transport me there and let, let me walk around the course for four days. And I would say, yeah, it wasn't that hard. No, you, you it's, could, it's walking. You could walk it, but you'd shoot 175. Sure, that's fine. Uh, Some, somebody else is carrying my bag. I think I can I can make my way around the course. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's start. Uh, Mr. Cakes, you want to start us off on the weekend parlay on my FanDuel account? Yes, sir. I'm going to take the Houston Texans on the money line at minus 116. I, I'm just going to bet on quarterback talent here. And I love what C.J. Stroud has done. Came out of concussion protocol. Now, he didn't have gaudy numbers in the win against the Titans. Threw for 213 yards. Threw a touchdown. Took care of the ball. It's kind of what he does. He has 21 touchdowns and just five picks on the season. He's your runaway rookie of the year. Stud, number two pick in last year's draft. I think he's going to outduel Gardner Minshew. And it hurts that he doesn't have Tank Dell. Tank Dell was just a, an integral piece of this offense until he went down with the leg injury, I want to say about four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I think Stroud and the Texans are going to have enough to overcome the Colts in a win-or-go-home game. So I'm going to bet on better quarterback talent, and I believe the Texans have that over the Colts, obviously, with Gardner Minshew. So I'm going to take the money line Texans at minus 116. That Col- is the first pick. Colts this year at home are 4-4. Four and four. Texans away 3-4. and four. So, yeah, both about 500. Yep. By the way, Drabby, this is the one game this week, the only game this week, where both teams are in a win and you're in, right. lose and you go home situation. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love that. That's Nothing your, better. This, this is your second game on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, this your is your primetime game Saturday night. This is the eight fifteen game. I think it's uh, Aikman and Buck doing okay. that game. Good. Could be wrong, but I think it is. But, yeah, this is the one game out of all of those playoff clinching scenario situations yep. where the winner is in and possibly the winner is in as a division champ, right. depending on what happens with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. The loser is out. Yep. So it's it's huge. All right, you're in. All right, Mr. Baldizi. All right. I actually think this is a uh, – if you know – if you kind of know your teams, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of a great weekend for any time touchdown okay. scores, especially like with teams that are resting players. Mm-hmm. And you know the backups and you kind of know the play calling tendencies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to do a, uh, a Ravens anytime touchdown score. Um, and I'm going to go with – a third string tight end, Charlie Kohler, mm-hmm. to score a touchdown. Uh, the Ravens love targeting uh, tight ends in the red zone if they're not running the ball. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to take a wide receiver, but you kind of have three receivers that, that that Huntley could target in the red zone. But I, there's kind of one target in Kohler, uh, who, by the way, had a, a touchdown pass from Huntley against my uh, in the Miami game. Mm, so good uh, intel. I, so, and you know who used to love. Throwing to Charlie Kohler Brock, in college, Brock Purdy. That's right. Went to Iowa uh, State. So that's plus three thirty. There's a and then there's so many props out there. Like Aguilar could get so much times and he could score this game. Kylan right. Wallace could score this game. Mm-hmm. There's so much value out there. 
Uh, but I'm going to go with Charlie Kohler plus 330 anytime. Touchdown. All right, you're oh, in. And Jason, yeah. before before we uh, uh, get some of the other plays, uh-huh. remember the preseason I, we said you need to take every single player prop under, under. and we, we focused on the passing yards unders for quarterbacks. And we did it in alphabetical order, so we, we did, just did the – We did do it in alphabetical order, yeah. but I went to FanDuel, and I found FanDuel's all, all of their preseason props. Okay. For quarterback yardages, mm-hmm. um, and the totals in them, they're basically over. Uh, uh, there's not that many in limbo for mm-hmm. Week 18. Mm-hmm. The totals for unders went 18 and 12. Well, we're doing that next year. I promise you. <laughs> we always we're promise gonna, for next year. Before Week 1 of the regular season, in you know next August, yeah. early September, we are going to place unders on... We might do more than ten uh, quarterbacks. Like it. We might do like we the should top do. We 17. should do the. We should do the whole board. Yeah, we should. Well, on a similar see note, what, see what my balance looks I like. I have already committed a bet to Savannah McCann's prediction on the Nats over under for the season. Whatever, okay. wherever she goes, oh, you go over. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tail her. Okay. Whatever her pick. Last was. year, I think it was fifty nine and a half. They got to what did they get to seventy two? Yeah, she was in on the over. So I'm guessing that number will go up a little I bit this think. year to I don't know. Yep. Mid sixties. I hope she's dialed in. All right. You're in. So we got two in. Let's go to Mike Marr. Mike Marr. Mike right, Marr. Who loves went to, combat who, sports at Mike Marr. Who, who asked, combat sports and backward hats. He asked me yesterday, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, bro, how long does it take you to get to Ashburn after work? I said, yeah, I like to get if there's no traffic, about 40 minutes. Yeah. Because I roll out of here. Of course you do. When I'm on 66, yep. I'm going 75. When yep. I get on the toll road. 75, mm-hmm. 80. Yep. So I, I, yesterday I actually got home in about 40 minutes. How long did it take you yesterday? It took me about 50 minutes, but you know it was worth it. Good day with the old man. Went out to lunch, spent some time together. So it was solid. Good. Very good. Good for you. Yeah, but uh, as far as my pick goes, final game of the season, Commanders, Cowboys. Give me over 47 and a half points. When they played on Thanksgiving, they combined for 55 points. It's going to be solid weather out at FedEx Field on Sunday. Last game for this staff, so they better throw everything at Dallas on Sunday. Now, there's a chance Dallas gets this over by themselves, especially because last time they played in Washington, they only scored one touchdown. Mm-hmm. But that being said, let's go out there. Let's score some points. Let's sit this over, and then let's move on to the offseason. This is like a playoff game for the Cowboys. At least that's the way they're, they're looking at this because, you know, they win. They win the division. Win the division, you're playing home games in the playoffs where they've won 16 straight in Dallas. Uh, over 47 and a half. By the way, your current number on FanDuel, Dallas lays 13 and a half, Ooh. minus 950 now on the money line. Coming back, Washington's plus 640. All right, you're in. I'm going to stick with this game. Um, talking about anytime touchdown scores. You know, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to score in this game. He had a monster game last week. He's had a monster season. He's got 122 catches. On 168 targets for 1,651 yards and 10 touchdowns. Distraught, I had no C.D. Lamb exposure on like seven. I don't think I had him on one roster. Oh, you maybe, didn't? maybe one out of seven. Well, maybe. You, you'll correct that next year. <laughs> You're probably right. No, probably dud next year. Um, but I had him on two, and, and I made the playoffs in one and missed it in the other. But yeah. he's had an unbelievable year. But for him to score touchdowns minus 175, I mean, I think it's still a good bet if you want to lay almost the two to one. But since we're trying to make a little bit of money here, I'm going to shift down to their tight end, Jake Ferguson, who has 65 ca- uh, catches this year on 96 targets. So Dak likes to throw to him. And if you look at what he's done the last four or five weeks, he's basically getting about eight targets a game. Jake mm-hmm. Ferguson, yep. tight end for the for Taking over Cowboys. the Dalton Schultz role Correct. since he departed. So they like to throw to CD first. Yep. 
But then they look to Jake Ferguson, especially in the red zone. Now, he hasn't scored in about four or five weeks, but I'm going to go for it this week. Jake Ferguson, because, you know, there's injuries for the Washington secondary. There are injuries at linebacker. Their linebackers can't cover anybody. So I think in the in the red zone, Jake Ferguson to score a touchdown at plus 160 for the Cowboys this week. I like it. Uh, all right, so we are in there, and that just leaves Matt Cahill. All right, last to go here, and I'm also, of course, going to have the last play of the parlay. I'm going to be the caboose after we win the first four, and I think you guys know where I'm going. Monday night. National championship game. Okay, good. I put, Down Energy Stadium in Houston, right? Yep. Is it Energy Stadium? They yeah. Energy? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, I put a $50 bet on the Huskies to win the national championship back in July or August at 40 to 1. So my $50 bet pays out $2,000. Mm-hmm. I am not hedging, and I'm going to add the Huskies' money line to our parlay at plus 160. As the week goes on, I'm getting more and more confident. Penix was an absolute laser light show against the Longhorns last week. <laughs> Didn't miss a throw, man. Unbelievable poise, pocket awareness, just an elite performance. And I think he's going to do it again. Michigan, yes, everyone believes they have a great defense. They probably do. But their vaunted secondary hasn't faced a single good passing attack. Maryland was the best passing attack they faced this season. Go Terps. They, and our, our boy Talia almost beat them. Pennick is going to absolutely shred the Wolverines' defense. Here's this little fact. Teams faced in the top 40 on in total offense this year. Washington Huskies have played eight teams in the top 40 in total offense. The Wolverines have played zero. Zero. Ohio State was yep. the 40, 45th best passing attack, I believe, or a total offense Ooh, in the NFL. Those Wolverines don't know what they're in for. They, they're, they're, it's it, Perfect weather inside. Mm-hmm. Pennix is going to shred. Just be unbelievable. He's got NFL receivers. He's throwing yeah, to three NFL wide receivers. It's it's going to be a long night for the Wolverines. <laughs> I and a, like it. I hope that happens. And, 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 and a confetti guessing, night for Drab. <laughs> and I'm guessing most people are. Drab you, st- you still should hedge yeah. by a couple hundred bucks, just so you make sure you make some money. I'm sorry, you should. Maybe, you're just, you're maybe. spend all that money. I actually on, think you should double down. You spend all that money on new airbags. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Can't yeah, yeah Valdez wants me to put more money on the Huskies. <laughs> I don't double down. <laughs> uh, Why not? All right, so here's your recap for the weekend parlay on FanDuel. We've got um, a couple plays in the Washington-Dallas game. Jake Ferguson, anytime touchdown score at tight end, plus 160 for Dallas. We've got the over 47.5 in that game as well. Washington Huskies on Monday night, national championship against Michigan. Money line plus 160. Houston Texans, the second game tomorrow night. Huge game. Huge for the uh, for possible AFC South division title. And, of course, a win or, uh, or go home for the playoffs. Houston, money line minus 116. Uh, and Charlie Kohler, who's going to play tight end for the Ravens, plus 330 to score a touchdown from Tyler Huntley. Six bucks will pay you. $487. We'll take it. $487 chopped up five ways. That is roughly $90 per person. All right, we'll see. I'll take 90 bucks. Would you take 90 bucks? Of course. Of course you would. I know Mike Marr would. Lockie would take $90. Guaranteed. 100%. All right, when we come back, we will talk to our pal John Feinstein. It, it is Fridays with Feinstein coming up next right here on 106.7 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Time now to talk to John Feinstein, best-selling author, Washington Post columnist. Brought to you by Golfdom. Golfdom has cold weather apparel in stock now or warm weather apparel for those traveling to tee it up. Visit Golfdom in Tyson's, Annapolis, and their newest location in Rockville. Golfdom, live the game. John, happy new year to you. Hope all's well. Happy New Year to you guys. All is good. Good Happy, to talk to you. Happy yep. 24. So Same the lead, lead story, obviously, is Ron Rivera heading into most likely his final game. Right. Coaching the Washington Commanders. If they lose to the Cowboys, he will finish his head coaching record with 102 wins, 103 losses, and two ties. And his Washington tenure would be 26 40 and one if they drop the game to the Cowboys on Sunday. And like we said many times uh, throughout this year, Ron Rivera, mediocre head coach, very good man, just yep. not very good at coaching uh, in the NFL. Most likely Sunday is his swan song here. Yeah, I mean, I think we've discussed that all season, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Even the minute Josh Harris took over the team, uh, the question was, uh, would he, you know, would he, and the question still is, would he sweep everybody out, just sweep out the coaching staff, front office? Uh, I, I think he's going to change everything, um, certainly on the football side. You've got to change it to the football side. And they're likely to finish 4-13 four and four, four and 13 because the game means something to the Cowboys. It's not like last year when the Cowboys were playing a meaningless game and they kind of they, they let uh, Washington roll over them. What was the score, 29-6, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I, I mean, it's time. I mean, Ron Rivera is not a terrible football coach. He, you know, he's not Jim Zorn, uh, uh-huh. but he's not uh, Joe Gibbs. And what you're looking for is Joe Gibbs, is, is a coach who can win a Super Bowl. You know, Bill Belichick, whomever you want to – whatever name you want to choose – and that's a big decision, and I suspect that Harris will hire a GM first. And in, in a way, that may be a, a more important hire because the GM would then be the person hiring the coach. And uh, this fan base, even though you know there have been all sorts of empty seats the last few years, has been incredibly patient uh, during the whole debacle uh, that was Dan Snyder and during this season, which is a debacle. I mean, it's a terrible season no matter how you – break it down they won their first two games so since then they're two and 12 uh and some of them have been close more recently not so close so uh it's it's time it's it's just it's time 
Yeah, we went through um, <clears throat> the the list of pro bowlers that Rivera's had in his four-year tenure. He's had one. That's hard, yeah. that's hard to do, John. One pro bowler, and that was Chase Young rookie year. Yeah, um, not here anymore. He was not here anymore. So, and then he took over, obviously, in 2020. They had the second pick in the draft. They took Chase Young. Year four, you think you're building. You know, it's a building process. Well, year four, they got this pop, possibly the second pick in the draft. So, bookend number two picks in the draft for Ron Rivera, year one and year four. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, but the, the, what it all comes down to is two things. And I've said this before. You guys have said this before. You've got to have an offensive line mm-hmm. to win in the NFL. You have to. I mean, look look back at the year the Hogs won the Super Bowl. Was Mark Rippon a great quarterback? No, but he didn't need to be. Um, and you've got to have a good quarterback. Not It doesn't have to be a great quarterback. That's a bonus. But you've got to have a good, at least a good quarterback playing behind at least a good, preferably a great offensive line. And they haven't come close to that in, in either category. And uh, they, you know, as you said, uh, Jason, they drafted Chase Young on the defensive side of the ball. You know, if you go back to that, most people, myself included, not knowing what the hell do I know about defensive line play, said, oh, Chase Young's going going to be great. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were happy that Jacksonville took Trevor Lawrence and allowed Chase Young to fall to Washington. So in some ways, it's not fair to second-guess that pick, but what you do second-guess is is the overall drafts. And the fact, Ozzie Newsom made a career out of drafting guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and turning them into good players. Not necessarily stars. The stars were guys who he drafted in the first round. I mean, the most obvious was his first draft when he took Jonathan Ogden over the objections of his owner who wanted mm-hmm. to take uh, Lawrence Phillips, mm-hmm. uh, who's no longer with us. Um, and in that same first round, took Ray Lewis. So you've got to take great players early, and you've got to take good players late. John, what is Rivera your? didn't do that, and he was the general manager. Yeah, by the absolutely. way, just uh, just to clarify that the uh, when Chase Young was drafted too, it was Joe Burrow who went one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're right, yeah. Joe Burrow uh, again. But the, but you're right. the same yeah, you're questions right. were were there. Yeah, correct. John, what do you think Sam Howell's fate is going forward here in Washington? So yeah. If you draft a young quarterback <laughs> at number two. Most likely you would want like a seasoned veteran to kind of help that young guy through. Would you really want two pretty young, inexperienced guys in your quarterback room? I would think they'd want to add a vet there. What do you think happens with that? Well, you know, as I've said before, um, they, the first person they need to sign who shouldn't be that hard to sign is the current backup quarterback mm-hmm. who's played well when given the chance. Um, you know, he led five touchdown drives in two games. Uh, led them back to a respectable loss the first time, and then the lead the second time. Um, so that's where where I would start. But I don't know what they're going to do with Sam Howell. I think it's a tough call because when I read the story, I don't know if you guys read the story this week about um, other players talking anonymously, of course, uh, about you know that Howell has ability, he's got a strong arm, but he makes poor decisions. Well, a lot of first-year quarterbacks, which is what he is, make poor decisions, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure you give up on him. So you see, first of all, where you're drafting and who's available, who's going to be available, you think. Um, but I'm not sure you give up on Sam Howell. Uh, judging any player you know, on his first year, we've talked about how poorly uh, guys pre- 
stars have done in the past. Tom Brady was the exception, when, but he was in his second year, and he was a six-round pick. But we've talked about Troy Aikman going 0-11 as a starter in his first year, Peyton Manning 3-13. and So you don't – and I'm not saying that Howell is either one of those guys. But it is hard to find a solid starting quarterback in this league. Um, and you certainly need a guy like Brissett as a backup. Um, but I, I just – I'm not sure which direction they should go. And I feel the same way about the Chicago Bears, uh, who will have the first pick. And do they draft a quarterback or do they draft someone to help make Justin Fields' offense better? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see what direction they go. All right, so in terms of the NFL, <clears throat> this is a, a big week. for. There's about eight or nine games that really have playoff scenario right. implications starting tomorrow with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Now, obviously, Baltimore can rest as many guys as they want. Doesn't mean anything for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what decisions Harbaugh makes in terms of how many guys he rests. But Pittsburgh has to win, and then of course they need uh, Buffalo or Jacksonville to lose. So, right. and it's kind of amazing that Tomlin's got his team. He's used three different quarterbacks this year. Uh, he's got his team in a possible you know playoff clinching situation. Yeah, that's uh, why he's a Hall of Fame coach. I know, I know. And we were kind of talking about how you know maybe his his message has been lost since he's been there seventeen years a few weeks ago when they were struggling, but. Right, let's revert back to the fact that this guy never has losing seasons, and he's in another situation where he can make the playoffs. And then Houston Indy tomorrow night, win or go home. So the NFL's loving it. You got two playoff implication games on Saturday, and then Sunday right. you got a bevy of them. Right, uh, and no Monday night game, obviously, since it's right. last week. Right. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. I know you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great guy. Uh, I got to spend some time with his son Mason during doing the Ivy League book because he's a senior at Columbia. Um, but uh, I thought about this the other day because you guys know I've pushed hard for Eric Bieniemy to be the coach, and I still think he'd be a good choice. And I still think he deserves a chance to be a head coach in the NFL. That being said, if there was any way to get Mike Tomlin here, mm-hmm. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Trade for him, you know, convince him that he, he wants to come here, that maybe he needs a new start after 17 years, the way Bill Belichick maybe needs a new start after 24. Um, he's 20 years younger than Belichick. There's been a lot of talk about Belichick perhaps coming here. Well, you're talking 71 versus 51. Um, that, that that would be my first major attempt. Uh, and if he says no, he says no. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to other candidates, and I would want to start with Eric Bieniemy, although I don't think they're going to. Um, I don't think he has any chance to get this job uh, because a lot of people blame him for Howell's failures. Uh, I you know I don't personally, but anyway. But if you could somehow get Mike Tomlin here, wow! Think of the excitement. Mm-hmm. In this town, if Mike Tomlin came in as the head coach, mm-hmm. oh, I agree. But uh, you know, I don't think they're going to get him. I don't think they're going to throw that out. Happen. You know, yeah. it's like I would have liked to have uh, uh, dated Julia Roberts <laughs> thirty years ago, but that wasn't going to happen either. Right? Um, yeah, and then of course the last game on Sunday is Buffalo Miami, and we we just talked about Pittsburgh. If they win, they're going to need either Buffalo to lose or Jacksonville to lose. Jacksonville right. could could lose at Tennessee. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them losing. They haven't looked good. Trevor, they haven't looked good, Trevor, but neither is Tennessee. Correct, <laughs> correct. But it's a home game for Tennessee, and Lawrence yep. is still banged up. And then, but again, the 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 nightcap Buffalo at Miami for the division. 
right? Uh, which is huge. Miami just got embarrassed when they played here in Baltimore. Yeah, um, and and by the way, Mike McDaniel's obviously a smart guy mm-hmm. and a good coach, but what the hell was Chubb doing on the field? Oh yeah, yeah he, he mean, has a tendency just, to leave guys on the field maybe a bit. Well, too and long. then and Tua, Tua was in yeah. pretty late too. Yeah, I'm thinking Tua was in pretty late too. What are they doing? Um, yeah. But you know, when I saw him go down, I was watching. Don't ask me why, but I was watching. And it was one of those deals where the minute he went down, you knew it was bad because it was non-contact. Mm-hmm. And those were always the worst injuries. And, and uh, I, I would have told you a month ago that playing in Miami in December, Miami's going to win that game. But since then, Miami really has struggled, and Buffalo's played great. So I've sort of come around, if not 180 degrees, 160 degrees. On, on how that game will come out. And we all know what a great prognosticator I am. <laughs> I will say this, though. Buffalo, they were not great against the Patriots last week because the Patriots turned the ball over four times. Right. And they right. were and it was still, still a close game. They were still driving to take the lead. And Allen, yep. Allen scored a couple touchdowns running, but he was bad passing. So I would agree. They've won four straight and they've been better, but they didn't look good last week. Yeah. I, I, who do you think is a great team right now in the NFL? Ra- Maybe the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. But the last time the Ravens looked this good in 2019, they lost their first round game. I don't think they will this year. I think they, Harbaugh, Jackson, others learned a lesson from that game. I was at that game, and they, they were never really in it. Tennessee dominated them. But uh, everybody else, you can look at them and say, yeah, this is good, but this isn't so good. And that's, of course, what the NFL wants. Yeah. I mean, Roger Goodell's dream final standings would be half the team's 9-8 and eight and the other <laughs> half 8-9. and nine. <laughs> Hey, John, since you're so good at picking games and love doing it so much, why don't, why don't you pick the national title game Monday night between Michigan and Washington, and what do you think happens to Harbaugh after that? Does he take the, the highest bid? Are you a Jim NFL, Harbaugh guy? Or does he stay at Michigan? Do you like Jim Harbaugh? I'll answer the second question first. I do like Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Uh, I'm obviously much closer to John than Jim, but – uh, when I've dealt with him, he's honest in terms of answering questions. Uh, he's smart, clearly. Um, I, I do like Jim Harbaugh, uh, I think, and I think he's a, clearly a very good coach. Uh, as for who will win that game, uh, I, I lean Michigan because of defense. Uh, Washington has a great offense, but they have a typical Pac-2, Pac-12, whatever you want to call it, uh, defense. They give up points. Now, Michigan isn't a great offense, but it's a good enough offense. So if you ask me to pick the game, I I, I would pick Michigan. And then will Harbaugh stay becomes the big question. You know, apparently there's an offer on the table for $100 million plus with a clause that says he won't look at the NFL Mm -hmm. during the course of the contract. I don't know. I think if he wins the national championship, he might look around and go, boy, I'm exhausted from all this, whether he created it or not, which he did. Um uh, maybe it's time for me to take $100 million and go back and try to win a Super Bowl because, remember, he came within one play of doing it back in, what, 2013. Yeah, and he doesn't want to deal with transfer portal and, and, recru- and recruiting and all, and all, all that comes with it. And, and, and Michigan is like a lot of power places. They'll win the national championship, they'll celebrate for five minutes, and then they'll say, you've got to do it again, mm-hmm. which is typical. of I never, I've never forgotten this. When Maryland won the national championship in 2002, I was on the court – you know, while they were cutting the nets down. And, and, and behind me, the Maryland fans were right behind me. And I heard these guys screaming at Chris Wilcox, you got to come back next year so we can do this again. Yeah. I'm like, enjoy it. for You've never yeah. won a national championship before. Uh-huh. Enjoy it for 10 minutes. Yeah. And, by the way, Maryland's typical of most power schools. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, college sports has changed drastically. It's amazing. Um, before we let you go, I just want to get your take. I was I was watching the Century yesterday. Just unbelievable view. The visuals out there yeah, is incredible. Yeah, beautiful golf course. Beautiful. Uh, and, of course, it's one of the signature events, uh, and the PGA Tour had to combat what Liv is doing and, and put a bunch of money at some of these events. So there's eight signatures with $20 million purses. So. And this um, one has more players than it used to because right. it's not the Tournament of Champions anymore. Not, those guys were there, but you added those top 50, um, and all those big names are there. And just wanted to get your take on – now, Rory is not there. Rory's, I think he's playing over in Europe to start the year. But um, his comments about the his, – his, his comments about being judgmental of the first right. players to join the Live Tour, and he, he kind of backed off that this week and said that he accepted reality and – it's part of the sport now. Is this? Um, do you think he should have stood his ground and, and and kept that way of thinking and and criticize those guys, or is it okay to back off and say, "All right, I slept on it. This is the way the world is now, and I've got to just kind of deal with it." Well, in Utopia, he wouldn't back off. Mm-hmm. You know, he would just say, "Look, you guys chase the money." But what he said makes sense. He said. Tiger and I are in a position where if somebody offers us $200 million, whatever the number is, we already have it. So it's easier for us to say no. And remember, his, his, his comments this week weren't directed toward the tour, weren't directed toward Jay Monahan, who put the knife in his back. Uh, they were directed towards players. Yeah. Players usually get along on some level. Mm-hmm. You know, even Tiger and Phil buried the hatchet to make some money. And I think Rory's a smart guy. He's a realist. He knows that Liv isn't going away. We don't know what form the new tour tours are going to take. Um, but he's not pissed off at John Rahm for taking that money. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he understands. I, I think he feels the leadership in the sport is a mess, and it is. But he never said anything about the leadership. He never said, well, I understand why Jay did what he did, you know, and the knife's still sticking out of his back. Um, but Rory's a very reasonable person. I, I've told you guys the story about the first time I sat down with him at length, and he was talking about the Ryder Cup and that he, when he first made a Ryder Cup team in 2010, he said, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to play, but let's face it, it's just an exhibition and, and, and uh, the majors are what matters. And then he got to the Ryder Cup and realized he was wrong, that the Ryder Cup was a huge deal. And he said, you know, my initial comments, I'm, I'm an only child, I was a prodigy. My initial comments were selfish. And then he sat back in his chair and he smiled and he said, imagine that, a golfer being selfish. <laughs> and, and that's Rory. Rory yeah. Rory's a very thoughtful guy. That's what I've always said about him. And this is another example, I think. John, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. You guys, too. Yep. All right, man. See ya. That's See John, ya. John Feinstein, best-selling author and Washington Post columnist. He's brought to you by Golfdom. Don't forget, coming up in just about 40 minutes, we'll talk <laughs> movies and entertainment with Kevin McCarthy. He'll join the show coming up at 9 a.m. This portion of The Junk's brought to you by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Don't Sleep has all of your energy and performance needs covered, my friends. You can get some right now at don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code JUNKIES. And remember, Don't Sleep makes you, yes, you, Ricky, out there listening, great. Play the EP music, Mr. Valdez. And Valdez and I were talking about this before the segment started. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a one-story EP. All right. 
I, I also need an, a recap of the Jersey Jim or whatever his name is. Jersey Jerry. Jersey Jerry, who was trying to get the ace on the golf simulator. Yes. Oh. And he was, I don't know, 2,500 strokes and then went to bed and he was going to wake up and continue. Valdez, you can you can probably fill in the blanks. I know well, that he accomplished the feat. I don't know what well, stroke yes, it was on. Well, yesterday at around uh, 1130-ish mm-hmm. East Coast time, Jersey Jerry got a hole-in-one on Pebble Beach number 7 on a simulator after about 20 uh 2650 strokes. Oh wow. So So he er- did it kind of early in the so second he did day. It early in the second day. Wow. Finally good. did it. Good for him. Glad he accomplished it. And it was about t- 10 minutes after Tom Brady tweeted him like mm-hmm. you got this. Oh, oh so the Tom Brady Tom, yeah, the, magic, the Tom Brady magic dust got sprinkled yeah, the on. The Tom Brady fairy dust, Very the Tom good. Brady bump. Good for him. Got there, got the jersey Jerry. There was a meme of um Jerry slumped over just like the Popeye's girl was when she was doing all the Popeye sandwiches a few years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And then so Brady retweeted that and then put a picture of him slumped over and the scoreboard said Falcons 20, Patriots 0. And and Brady said, come on, Jerry, it's always (laughs) darkest before dawn. Right. Very good. And then 10 minutes later, he hit the home. He got it. Very, very good. That's incredible. All right, so I thought that was going to take him weeks based on how bad his swing was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was out of shape. Big hatchet, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he's he was falling over. Uh, but he right, got it done. Good job. All right. So I think it was at lunch a couple, like two or three days ago. And my daughter was sitting at the at the kitchen table. And she starts discussing somebody whose name I had never heard of before two or three days ago. She starts talking about. A person named Gypsy Rose. And when I hear that, I immediately think of this banger from Cinderella from back in the day. Which is Gypsy Road? Gypsy Road or Rhodes. I can't remember which. So I'm like, oh, Gypsy Road, banger. She goes, no, no. No idiot who's trapped in the 80s. Gypsy Rose. And now I know all about this person who I'd never even heard of. Uh-huh. Literally two days ago. Jason, this story is fascinating. I, now that I, I looked it up, I, I yeah. didn't know her name, but I know the face. I know who Tom Kiefer is. He's the okay. lead singer of Cinderella singing Gypsy Rose. Right. But Gypsy Rose is a woman who murdered her mother. She was charged with second-degree murder because her mother had a condition called Munchausen by proxy, which for those that don't know what that is. No idea. It's a form of child abuse where you have a healthy child who you exaggerate illnesses about and you make them go yeah. through all these medical procedures yeah. so when J- they don't need them. Jason, yeah. Yeah. The Gypsy, Gypsy's mother was having her get surgeries for cancer she didn't she have. didn't have. D.D. Blanchard. That was the right. mom's name. Right. Okay. So. This is a huge story. I mean, I don't even, I don't know when she murdered her mother. How she it was, uh, did she, did it she do it, was it about, or did the boyfriend do it? It was about ten years ago, and she hired she hired a guy to do the murder. Okay, she it was a murder for hire. Okay, yeah. so like, she didn't she didn't kill her uh, kill her mom herself. Did he come in and shoot her? Like I don't know. How, I don't know no, how he stabbed her. Okay, I think. stabbed her to death. But yeah. but I don't know if they were boyfriend girlfriend before the murder or after the murder. But but they were a couple at one point before yeah. she went to jail. So apparently. She's gone from serving a 10-year prison sentence for the second-degree second degree murder of her mm-hmm. mother. Mm-hmm. She now has more than 10 million followers on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. 
days after her release. She was just released from prison on December 28th. Yep, just got out. How long was she in, did you say? I think she was sentenced for 10 years. I think she got out in eight. Eight, okay. So now she's apparently aiming to reinvent herself on social media. And how old is she now? She's 32 years old. Okay. She has a book out. It's called Release Conversations on the Eve of Freedom, out January 9th. She has a free three-part Lifetime special, mm. the, prison, <laughs> the Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. That premieres on Friday. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that just blows me away. Experts say she could earn up to $100,000 per social media post wow. through endorsement deals, brand partnerships, and speaking She's going to be filthy rich. She's going to be filthy, stinking rich. Yeah. The guy who actually killed her is Nicholas Gojon, I think is his name. I don't know. He got he got life because he got first-degree murder. I mean, it didn't she, she make waves like on – she made waves on social media, I think, a day or two ago. Yes. When she's talking about how, how good her husband is giving it to her. Yeah. <laughs> she she posted that uh, she's getting fire deep. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and her husband, by the way – is a guy who is a teacher in Louisiana. Okay. They're all from Louisiana. All right. Um, I think he's like a special ed teacher. All right. Special needs teacher. Yep. And he was a a uh, a prison like a prison husband. Ah. So she oh. he he wrote her letters about how attractive she is and and playing the sympathy card towards <laughs> her. So he he is obsessed with her, writing her letters every day in prison. I've always found and then that that's a- how. That's how they started their relationship. That has always struck me as one of the weirdest bits ever. Because you, like, if you know anything about, like, high-profile, like, serial killers that wind up in prison, uh-huh. they all they all tend to get, like, tons of, like, fan mail and women that want to marry them. And these guys are some of the worst people on the planet. And I guess he did the opposite bit. He was writing, a, it's usually women writing to men. Because yeah. most of the time it's... it's Men that are just heinous and in, in prison for you know killing a dozen people. It's not usually a woman that's in prison for it. But I guess this guy just said, "Hey, I'm going to shoot my shot with uh, Gypsy Rose." <laughs> so, and so Gypsy, it worked. so Gypsy hired this guy Go John um, in 2015, June of 2015, right? And Gypsy Rose let him into the house. While the mother was sleeping, right, gave gave the knife to him, gave Ugh. duct tape, gloves. So he went in there. She was sleeping. Dee Dee Blanchard. He stabbed her seventeen times. She hid in the bathroom or something, covered her ears. She didn't want to hear it. And then when it, it was done, he went and had sex with her. Oh wait a second! The boyfriend they, after he yes. committed the murder, he went and had sex with Gypsy. Well, that's bizarre. Well, I mean, it's a whole bizarre situation. Well, I mean, it's, the whole thing's bizarre. Like, if you – it's a horrible hypothetical. But say say you just offed somebody. Would you then be in the- – Honestly, that a, might be – you might get great, a – Such might a great a, song, uh, by the way. A flow, you might get flow after that. Just like a – Just like a, a – sen- Like a such a sensation. That's just – That might be the weirdest part of the whole story. That he goes in and commits the murder. Yep. And then – She he, was hiding in the bathroom. Covered her ears. He comes in and goes, right, it's, it's done, done, Gypsy. Right, it's covered done. in blood. Let's go into the bedroom. Wackiest, wackiest story of 2024. Nothing can top this story. And we're, what, five days in? Five days into the new year. Well, you, yep. you know what's weird about it is uh, this Gypsy's obviously not there mentally. 
I right. think it's safe to say. Right. She has a, had a lot of trauma Such in her life. Oh, yeah. She's had, um, I mean, all of this stuff go on. Of course. But you, I, you, and, now, you and, to... now she's, and now she's going to be. But it's her mother's fault. I know it's her mother's fault. Okay. I'm not saying it's Gypsy's fault. Right. But but now people are uh, pining for her to be their, their pitch man. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I can't get a live read to save my life. And Gypsy Rose comes, you know you comes straight out of prison. Yeah. Just... You need to hire someone to kill Drab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be Drab? You couldn't have been hired somebody to kill Mike Marr? I like Mike better. <laughs> well, here's my question, and I didn't follow the story. I have no idea. But if she had, what was this disease she had? Munch- Munchausen, Munchausen syndrome. Right. Yeah, Munchausen well, she, syndrome. She wanted everyone to think that her kid was sick and had all these. Right, yeah. What were the doctors doing when they That's went to. That's a very good question. I mean, why were the doctors performing these procedures when they could tell if she's totally healthy? What are they doing? By the way. Or was I'm, she just going to hack doctors? It could have been hack doctors. It could have been doctors who were like, all right, we'll just do do the surgery and get paid from the insurance. Right. I mean, there's no chance a doctor is going to do sur- cancer surgery on someone who doesn't have cancer. You wouldn't think. I mean, by the way, Munchausen by proxy syndrome. It's a psychological disorder in which parents exaggerate or make up an illness of their children for attention, rom, and yes. sympathy. So you better get that baby out of that house. I mean, from what I've seen, I think Rom is a is a good father, even though he's a weirdo and he's an, uh, just an attention seeker to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep a close eye on Kaya. Okay, that's right. That's all I'm going to say. Rom, I mean, Rom could be a Munchausen by proxy type of guy. Because he does love him some attention. It is a crazy story, though. And also, it helps that she looks kind of weird, too. <laughs> she definitely does. I mean, she kind of has a glow-up on the on the cover of her book. Now, she is wearing a prison jumpsuit. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best look. Well, she didn't have the best genetics because the mom was awful. Looking. Right. <laughs> and an awful person. Yeah. The world's a better place without D.D. Blanchard. You're probably right. Uh, let's go to John in Purcellville. John, you're mm. on with the Jucks. Good morning. Morning, guys. What's up? What's up? Hey. So there's a lot of crazy things in this story, obviously, but one of the other things that they did is after they murdered the mother, they mailed the murder weapon to his parents' house, and then they went and lived with them for a while, and that's where they found the murder weapon. So instead of just getting, so instead of just getting rid of the murder weapon, yeah. you know, in the woods, they right. mailed it. They went to they mailed it to yeah. his parents' house, and then right. they they took a bus up there. Obviously not the brightest bunch. They are. I mean, no, you're right. The, the the mother of this daughter is absolutely crazy. Like, she was wanted for check fraud in uh, Louisiana and just kept moving further and further away from the family to keep the scam going. Yeah, she's an awful person, no doubt. So, um, but it's a, There's it's, a documentary that has a lot of details. It's really good. Got you. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Um, and the fact that she's going to become filthy rich now right. because social media. Yeah. Um, it's mm. crazy. The crazy story I've seen can all you, year. Can you imagine being like the uh, the chief marketing officer for a big brand, right? And then saying, "Hey, why don't we get Gypsy to, right. to pitch?" Uh, you know, yeah, toothpaste. That's, that's a controversial one. That's that's a tough sell, I would think. But she's got like ten million followers. She's got a huge audience. I guess you gotta you gotta weigh that when you're when you're mm. uh, trying to employ your celebrity. Hey, you know what I would people. do? I, if I was Cuisinart, I'd say, "Why don't you pitch this knife set?" That's so bad. That's bad. So bad. Funny but bad. All right, don't forget, coming up at 9, we'll be joined by Kevin McCarthy. We'll talk movies and entertainment with him. When we come back, we'll talk some commanders, give some final thoughts on Ron Rivera in what should be his last game coaching 
here in Washington. If you want to give us some final thoughts on Ron Rivera's final pebbles of sand going through the hourglass, which everybody expects will be his final game coaching for the Commanders against the Cowboys this Sunday, you're welcome to do that. 800-636-1067. The MGM National Harbor listener lines are open for your calls. Do you think there's one fan, just one person? I mean, how many Commander fans are there in this area? I mean, I would guess... Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands if not millions. If not a million, or yeah. a little over a million. Is there one that thinks Ron Rivera should get his fifth year? Sure. He's been, to... he's been dealt a bad hand with Dan Snyder. He had to deal with all the name change stuff and all the sexual harassment stuff, his cancer off the field. Is there one? There could be one outlier. I don't know if there's even one. There might be one. I'd be shocked. Okay, if, that if there's one, one per- there's only one. I'd be shocked if that one person. And called. I'm not talking about Mrs. Rivera, right? It's not I'm, related. I'm just to talking it. about a fan who loves this team or watches them every week. Is there one fan who would like to see him back, or 100 percent of the fan base for a new coaching staff? I mean, he's he's just the poster child for mediocrity. His current head coaching record mm-hmm. from his time in Carolina and in Washington is 102 wins, 102 losses. And two ties. <laughs> but less than mediocrity or less than mediocre here. Oh, here, yeah. if if they lose to the Cowboys, which they're a 13.5-point underdog at this point, mm-hmm. his tenure will it will end at 26, 40, and one tie. Yeah, it's pretty I bad. Mean, it's, that's going to be, it's gonna be either, either right at 40% or a, a shade under. With one playoff appearance, and that was in a year that was kind of fluky because it was the COVID year. Right. And Dak Prescott got hurt earlier in that season. They won the division at seven and nine. I mean, he's he's been coaching for thirteen seasons in Carolina and Washington. Three double digit win seasons in those thirteen. I mean, he he's shown at least since he's been here in Washington that he's poor at drafting talent. He's poor at developing talent. Mm-hmm. He's also substandard in going out on the free agent market and bringing in talent that works for his system, that helps him win games. You can argue that in the last 25 years, out of all the coaches that have spent more than two years here, right. now Zorn was only here two years, bad bad mm-hmm. deal. Yep. Um, Spurrier was only here two years, bad deal. Mm-hmm. But all these other coaches that were here for like the majority of their contract, Gibbs, Shanny, Gruden, yep. Rivera, he's been the worst because – at least some of those coaches, or all of those coaches, had winning seasons. Mm-hmm. Gruden had two winning seasons back to back. Shanahan wasn't great, but he went ten and six, got to the playoffs with RG three in that rookie year. Um, Gibbs went to the playoffs twice. Gibbs two. So North Turner, you know, even though that was before Snyder, but North Turner had winning seasons back to back. So you could argue this has been the worst tenure outside of the the Zorn. Failure and uh, Spurrier. And it's had, his failures here have been headlined by just complete and utter inability to solve the quarterback spot. Yeah, He just couldn't get it right no matter what, whether it, whether it was bypassing Tua and Justin Herbert to select Chase Young at number two, that was a whiff. Bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick, an older guy that he thought could you know provide a spark to the offense, he got banged up. Didn't even last into the first half of his, of his first performance. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of forced into making a move. They had to trade for Carson Wentz because, let's be honest, no other quarterback that was a free agent or that had other more attractive destinations 
would have picked coming to Washington. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz was basically forced to come here because he was traded here. He had no control over where he wound up. Yeah. So he thought that would be you know, a move that would help the offense, and Carson Wentz floundered. Like like Valdez brought up and earlier, I'll- his best quarterback move was signing uh, Taylor Heineke as his COVID quarterback. His best personnel move might yeah. be he, you're, Taylor Heineke. You're probably right. Some might argue, okay, they they found Cam Curl late in the draft. They drafted him seventh round. Yeah, and he's a, he's a really promising player. But let's be honest, safety's I, not as important as quarterback. I'm saying you can you can make the argument Taylor's the best move. Yeah. Or, or based on what you said yesterday, drafting Sam Cosme. Sam Cosby. Who apparently was, what did you say he was? He was the best player. Unless I was getting onioned by like a site that looked like PFF. Yeah. The Sam Cosby fan club site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it very well could be. Like he was, And rated, I question it, but it, it was out there. He's been rated the best offensive player in the league, I believe it was since week 11 of mm. this season. Right. Not best offensive lineman, the right. best offensive player. Right. Better than CeeDee Lamb. Somehow and McCaffrey. Better, somehow better than those guys. I kind of question it, but... Right. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's been a failure. Nice guy, super nice. Look, guy. we like Ron as a person. Yes, he's he was good when he was on our show. Good dude. All mm-hmm. right, but yeah, you know, he just was not a good coach. Let's go out to the Windy City. Talk to Mark. Must be listening on the Odyssey app in Chicago. What's up, Mark? Thanks for calling. Morning, boys. I'm trying to help you kill some time on a two-person show. We but appreciate that. I've been listening. I've been listening to you guys for over a decade. I, I lived out there for a period of time and then kept listening when I moved to Chicago. I'm not a Ron Rivera apologist, but he's not a bad coach. He's a terrible GM. That's his issue. This is a player personnel problem. He's got maybe five guys that would start on a 500 team in the NFL. Maybe. So the, the good news is this is imminently fixable. You've got the number two, number three draft. You trade away from that. Quarterback doesn't matter. Sam Howell may or may not be the guy, right? Who knows? Nobody knows because he doesn't have anybody surrounding him. Well, hold on. You can't you say tra- well, you can't say quarterback doesn't matter. That's well, a- I say it doesn't matter to the to commanders this year. It's it's neutral. You're completely neutral. Okay, but it does matter for the it does matter for the future. So you have to figure out who do you want at that position is the most important position. One- Hundred percent. I, I agree with you, Bish. Hundred percent. But hear me out. Right. It, if you got Caleb Williams or, or you got you got May, mm-hmm. you don't know if they'll do well here because they don't have anybody surrounding them. So here's what you do. Th- this is a draft and a free agency. Seventy-five percent. I'm waiting the draft and twenty-five percent free agency. I go through my total evaluation of all the players and then I overlay three things. I overlay volatility in the position. Quarterback huge volatility. It's it's not something that you want to you want to play with this year. You may you may get some good players and you find out that you've got the quarterback you need, right? You you trade out of this position, you get three in the top thirty. That's what the draft capital board would say. Mm-hmm. If you trade out of the number two or number three pick, you could get three picks in the top thirty. You go out and you pick somebody that's got low volatility, high character, because you're going to lose for another year or two. And then you get positions that you think you probably need. You probably don't need a wide receiver. You need offensive linemen. You need some D-backs. I'd start with safeties because of the lower volatility. And then do that for two years because you're going to stink next year too. It's, it's just you, you just don't have the players. Two years from now, you're going to have a solid 15 people on this team. You're still not going to have 22 solid, but you'll have solid 15 people. And then you're going to have so much free agency money 
spend the free agency money on proven performers at quarterback with character that have to get out of a situation because of money or because it's, it's a fields type of thing. There'll be a fields two years from now, get him. And then you're going to have a team that can compete for the playoffs year in, year out. Cause you're going to have three good offensive linemen. You're going to have a good strong safety. You're going to have a good lockdown cornerback. And you got to build. You can't go after a quarterback this year because if it's a fifty, if Caleb doesn't work because he's not as good as you think, mm-hmm. or because he doesn't have an offensive lineman, or he doesn't have a receiver that can create space, it doesn't matter if he's the best quarterback. He won't be the best quarterback for you. All right, Mark. We, we have more calls coming in. Thank you for the call from Chicago. And, and, we appreciate it. And people, some people but, do agree with that. I, I don't agree but, with that because of this. Here's where I push back immediately on on his. They're not going to be good for three years. Nobody thought the Colts would be any good. They drafted Anthony Richardson. He got knocked out in the first month of the season, and they're playing for a playoff bid this weekend with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And the team they're playing is in the playoffs if they Same win. Same with C.J. Stroud because they hit on their quarterback, and yeah. they're in immediate playoff contention. Yeah. So I don't, I don't fully buy into this. It's got to be a two or three year fix. Like you can get it. That that's that's what Ron was always trying to pitch to everybody. Well, how do you expect me to turn this around in one or two years? It's a four year thing. What are you talking about? You've had four years and we're back to having the number two pick overall in the draft. Yeah. You haven't, if, you haven't fixed anything. The way I would say is, look, you still, even if you don't trade out of the number two pick, yeah. you still have other draft picks. Okay. Correct. You still have money to spend in free agency. You can do all of those moves this year mm-hmm. and you don't have to gather three or four or five extra picks to do it. Right. But, and here's the deal. There's no guarantee that what other, what other quarterback you, you, you draft is going to be a stud, but I think you have to take that chance because if you don't, take a quarterback and one of those guys if not both go to other teams and end up being really good right well that backs you up another five to seven years absolutely because you can't just guarantee you're going to get a quarterback as good as these guys in two or three years yep you just have no idea that is correct all right don't forget before the show is done today we're going to give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the wizards take on the pistons monday january 15th that is mlk day so keep listening for your chance to win coming up next we'll be joined by kevin mccarthy entertainment reporter for Fox 5. The Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junks. If you're looking to be the next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just go to cropmetcalf.com. Join their team today. Joining our team right now on the BetQL guest hotline is Kevin McCarthy. He is the entertainment reporter for Fox 5. K-Mac. Good morning, my papa squeezes and keeps sleeping on Blake Corum. I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. oh, now do, you, do you know where Blake Corum is from? He's from our area. I don't know the exact no. city. I know, we no, had him in studio. He's from, Marsh, in he's from Marshall, Virginia. It's not exactly our area. It's, it's an, oh, okay. He's well, a farm he, boy. We had him in studio back in May, uh, obviously way, way before the big Michigan game. Uh, by the way, that, that, that winning touchdown was unbelievable. I was just telling Drav off the air. I know you guys think it's a bit, but mm-hmm. I, I've been watching so much college football. Like I'm all sized on Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. I get sized for Nico from Tennessee. I mean, it's last weekend was one of the best weekends I've I've watched in terms of sports. It was amazing. Well, you're only about forty years late. That's all right. Hey, uh, hey, hey, I'd rather be late. I'd rather be late than not here at all, man. Like I'm, I was just talking to Drab. Drab might come over and watch the Michigan Washington game on uh, on Monday. I'm Ooh, look at that! Tired. Yeah, you're you're yeah. becoming a normal human, which I never <laughs> thought was possible. Hey, well, uh, I, we, you, yeah, this sorry. is what you're sleeping on. All right, you say we're sleeping on Corm. You're sleeping on. 
True Detective Season 4? I'm definitely hibernating. So (laughs) as I mentioned last week, I have a lot of things under my pillow at night that I've been sleeping on. I've been sleeping on. That's one. uh, Godzilla minus one. I've been sleeping on True Detective. Mike McDaniel was under there for a long time. Um, (laughs) I get get all sides. But I did see Godzilla minus one. Finally, so we're going to dive into that today. You're the last um, movie critic in America, probably the world, to right. see Godzilla on his one. <laughs> I, I haven't know, seen I that. Yet. I haven't seen it. I have a couple of things. I have two movies today that I want to dive into: Godzilla and another movie called Anatomy of a Fall. But I thought today, since it's the beginning of the year, I was just going to do a brief recap of my top five of last year, and then top five most anticipated this year. But I definitely okay. want to dive into these other two films. At some point in the segment, should we do the new ones first and then dive into that stuff afterwards? Sure. Yeah, that works. Go to the the most anticipated for 2024. Okay. So, I mean, this is going to be an interesting year because it's so funny because, like, last year there were so many original films. And and, and I use the word original in the sense of, like, for example, Oppenheimer was based on a book, but it was still – it wasn't like a prequel or a sequel or a superhero film or things like that. And Christopher Nolan made it as original, as, as in my opinion, as possible. Um, but this particular year, it's just the, it happens to be the year of the sequel. I mean, it just is. And everybody out there, like, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a sense that sequels generally aren't as good as the originals. But I, I digress on that statement. I think there's a lot of sequels that people generally probably think are better than the original. They just sleep on the fact that it's a sequel. Terminator 2, Aliens, Wrath of Khan, Empire Strikes Back, um, Godfather Part 2 is arguably better than the first one, depending on how you see it. Um, so this year is a lot of sequels. So the first, my most anticipated film of the year is Dune 2. Um, and uh, listen, at the end of the day, when you have a filmmaker like Denis Villeneuve, who's never made a bad movie, I mean, every one of you guys in the studio has at least seen one of his films. I mean, Sicario, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049, um, Arrival. I mean, he's genuinely one of the best filmmakers working today. And Dune 1 was a huge gamble. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Dune Part 1 came out during the pandemic. And the studio only basically let him make the first half of the story. This is based on a very popular book. And so they were basically like, listen, we'll let you shoot the first half of the story. If it does well, we'll let you make the the second half of the movie. So imagine dragging an entire cast halfway around the world to shoot half a story with a gamble that you might not be able to make the second part. And on top of that, let's throw in the pandemic. Let's throw in the fact that this movie is going to HBO Max on the same day as theaters now make enough money so we can make a sequel. How, I mean, the odds are completely stacked against you, and they made $400 million plus. Sequel was greenlit, and that will get it March 1st. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait to see it. Austin Butler, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, huge cast. Josh Brolin, uh, very excited. That's uh, March 1st. Okay. Uh, next up is Deadpool 3. I know you guys aren't big. Uh, I actually, Cakes, you're big into the superhero movies, or you, you, you used to be. Uh, um, I've cooled on it a bit, but I, I did enjoy both of the first two Deadpools. I think I, so. Your exact sentiment just now is exactly where I'm at as well on Marvel. Um, but this year, they're kind of scaling it back in a different way. It's, you guys know this. Most Marvel up until now has been PG-13. So they have a new R-rated series coming out next week called Echo, which is basically like a spinoff of the Hawkeye series where it's going to be R-rated material like Daredevil, William Fisk, things like that. But later in July, we're going to get Deadpool 3, which is the first R-rated movie to exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is this gets convoluted and in diving into minutiae, so I'll keep this like super like easy. Basically, like 
Deadpool was over at Fox. 20th Century Fox was the studio that Deadpool was working at. Fox was sold to Disney. So now Deadpool exists in the Disney world of Marvel. So like when they made the first two Deadpool films, those movies didn't exist with the Avengers and Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. Now that it's with Disney, Deadpool can play in that whole sandbox. What's cool about Deadpool is it's R-rated. Everything else has been PG-13 prior. This is also bringing back Hugh Jackman, directed by Sean Levy, who did Real Steel films like Night at the Museum, but mostly recently with uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Atom Project, and Free Guy. Um, very excited about that. That's July 26th uh, coming out then. Next up, I'm a sucker for bad boys. I love bad boys movies. I've been a fan of them since I was a kid. Second one's one of my favorite movies of all time. The third Bad Boys film was remarkably great. I don't know how they did it. It was these two fans that made the movie that are great filmmakers at Deal and Bilal, brought back Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. The Joe Pantoliano thing in the third one was devastating. Um, but I'm very excited to see what happens with the fourth one. The only thing they botched, I don't know if you guys remember the title. Do you remember the title for the third Bad Boys? I'm sure I remember. No, are you of course serious? Not. <laughs> okay, the third Bad Boys was called Bad Boys for Life. Okay. That, that would have been perfect for the fourth movie. <laughs> You think about it. I mean, Bad Boys for Life would have been brilliant. I don't know what they're going to do with the, the fourth one now. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, that, so those are like three of the most anticipated films for me next year. Also, Joker Part 2. That first one made a billion dollars. Another R-rated success story. A Lady Gaga will join that one. It's going to be a musical this time. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Oh, yeah. And you're now, looking forward to now that? Now you got to slam the brakes. The, the well, Joker sequel is a musical? Okay, okay, but think about it this way. Joker 1 was dark. Yeah. Of course, this is going to be just as dark. This is the same filmmaker, same director of photography, same composer, same lead star. If you're thinking musical like 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 lollipops and and skittles and things like that, no, this is like this is going to be like this is going to be some dark stuff. I mean, I I would imagine that Gaga is, is the one who lead stars the film. So, I don't my buddy put it the, this way the other day. He goes, maybe we're going to be in her mind and she's going to be singing. So you guys remember the first Joker. We're, in, we're basically in his mind, the whole movie. Yeah. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's not real. So I think the singing musical part of it will be from her perspective. I can't imagine Joaquin singing as Joker, but he did sing as Johnny Cash. So I don't really know how they're going to do that. But that's, that's coming out later this Are year. Are there any movies, the, the, the two movies I saw this past year that were good, are my types of movies, of course. The Covenant. So good. And The Sound of Freedom, which, which was the Jim Caviezel, the sex, international sex trafficking movie um, yeah, the, that, that you the, didn't see, by the way. The co- well, The Covenant, the Covenant I, yeah, I didn't see Sound of Freedom. The Covenant was... Um, or maybe that was a couple... Also, was that a couple years ago? Wasn't, wasn't screened. wasn't screened to me. All right, um, but that's a movie that you need to see, okay? But, yeah, I will. But are, are there any movies coming out in 24 that are the Bish Bucks type of movies like that, like crime dramas... Uh, I mean, you know, I military think, dramas. There's anything coming out in 24 like that? Jason's 100 percent right about the Covenant. By the way, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to highlight that. That was like a remarkably underrated film last year. Guy Ritchie directed it. Um, it's an interesting, good question, uh, J- Jason. I'll, I'll, I'll look into those. The, the, the last one I wanted to mention for 2024 is something that you'll definitely want to see, which is Gladiator 2. Um, oh yeah. And so, Sir Ridley Scott directing it. It's going to be huge. Um, I can't wait to see it. I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical about a sequel. I think the ending of the first one's great. I don't know how they're going to play with that, but I know it stars Paul Mescal from Normal People. It's like 15 years after the events of the first Gladiator. When does that come um, out? So, 
That's going to be November 22nd. Okay. Um, a lot of big stuff coming. All right, so b- before I dive into the, the, two, the two things I want to review this week, let me just give you my top five of last year. Um, coming in at number five is David Fincher's The Killer. Did you guys end up ever end up seeing that? I did watch that. I did. I liked it. I enjoyed I had, it. I had friends that didn't like it, thought it was too slow, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, Fincher is just one of the best filmmakers. I mean, Seven, Fight Club, Benjamin Button, Social Network, and Fastbender did a great job. A buddy of mine uh, had Fastbender on his podcast. I'll give him a plug. Has called Happy, Sad, Confused. It's Josh Horowitz. And he was telling me, you guys remember the narration in the film where he's like, he's just like, he's like lazily narrating the whole movie. It's really kind of cool how they did it. He basically laid down on like on a comfortable bed, from what I understand, and just on his back, and then had the mic above his head, and then he just read the line. That's how I'm going to do junk to... shows in 2024 and beyond. Get yeah, a, get a sleep number bed near. I'm sorry. Yeah, they put fast render on this. I mean, that whole movie had a bunch of corporate stuff in it, anyway. Yeah. Like WeWork and McDonald's and right. Amazon. Um, all right, next up is number four, uh, Bradley Cooper's Maestro. Uh, I, I get so psyched when the, when Cakes does his little drops. I, it makes me so happy. I, I don't know if you guys remember like Cakes' little drop machine. I don't even still have that Cakes. We still use that now, but it was so cool back in the day. Are you kidding? Um, I use them every day. No, but no, I'm saying do you still have that? Like It was a huge box with rubber buttons yes. on it. Do you still have that? Is it not the same thing? Rick. Rick Shop. I have not one. I have two of them. <laughs> Just loaded with, loaded with sound clips. I thought maybe you were doing it on a computer now. I I, I, I didn't know you were still doing it old I'm school. I'm old school. Old school, my friend. I got, this, think... I got this classic for you. <laughs> what about this one? Cake batter. <laughs> I got them all. I got everything you need over here. Do you think, do you think um, Fred from Stern does it the way you do it? <laughs> I would no have no idea. idea. I'm sure his, his system is more technologically advanced than what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm so fascinated. All right, so number four was Maestro, counting back down to, to one. I'm uh, the Maestro three. of the replay machines. I'm the, is it Leonard Bernstein? Am I getting that yeah, correct? Yeah, Leonard Bernstein. See? Yeah. I already know what your number one is. Yeah, Floppenheimer. Already... Yes. Yeah. Well, number number one, uh, three is The Holdovers. Watch that on Peacock. It's amazing. Paul Giamatti loved it. I thought uh, it was very good. Two. I saw that in theaters. Wasn't that great, Cakes? I love that Cakes goes to the theaters. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of you guys go to the movies still, which is nice. Jason's um, kind of pumped pump the brakes on hitting the theaters of late. Well, nothing's been out that I want to go see. Mm-hmm. Well, did, did you ever see Oppenheimer, Jason? No, no interest. <laughs> Jason, you Dude, it's no a six-hour movie. And I'm not going to see that. Sorry. It's three hours, and it's and it's all. I've seen it 14 times. It's literally <laughs> one of the greatest films I've ever seen. That's cool. So number two is Past Lives, and the number one is Oppenheimer. Um, so those are, those are my top five of the year. Highly recommend all of them. Um, and then two, I want to review, but the first one I want to review, Jason, I think is right. But you have to see this movie. Right. Um, it's called anatomy of a fall. Anatomy um, of, hold on. I've heard of this. Look so, this thing up. Look at it up. Um, basically deals with, um, uh, a husband and wife uh, and, and their son and they, and, and essentially they're, they're living in, you know, they're living in their home. And then one day, the son comes home from walking his dog and finds his father dead in the snow from an apparent jump from the, you know, from the second or third floor of the of the of their home. Okay. And the entire movie is about the investigation into how he fell. Was he pushed by the 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 wife? So the whole movie is basically like, and it sounds like something you may have seen before, but the way it's done. And the way it's delivered is so intense, and you never know what's really going on. Like, they, they do a really good job of, like, you just find this, the dead body, and essentially 
they, you work backwards. You try to figure out exactly what went down. All right, so I'm and, reading it's a French courtroom drama thriller. Are there um, subtitles, or do they speak nah, English? There is a dead body here. <laughs> Objection. Who did this? The cool thing they do, Jason, is that um, I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, one of the characters – oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, in the film, the the, the woman, uh, Sandra Hewler's character, she, I believe, is – I don't remember what country she's from and her husband's she's from German. Paris. She's German. Right, yeah. right. So in the movie, they, they, they have this whole dialogue where they meet they, – they speak English because it's the middle ground language. All right. But then – but during the courtroom scene, they do use the French language with subtitles, but the movie goes back and forth enough that you almost forget you're watching subtitles. Um, right. I also don't mind subtitles. I actually think that subtitles – keep me more engaged in films like i watched Oppenheimer the other day with subtitles on and it was like a complete it was it's just a different experience um you're so weird that, <laughs> all right yeah. go ahead so so anatomy of a fall this comes out is this already out yeah so right okay. now you can get it on demand you can rent it for like 5.99 um i think it's the fifth i think it's the fifth most popular film on demand right now right. um it's one of the best films i've, I've seen in a long time it's 100 percent worth seeing uh, i think if eric was there today this is right up eric's always asking me about courtroom dramas like few good men style right. stuff right. this is really really up that alley in terms of the way like the courtroom stuff is so well done and sandra's performance is ridiculous like this is this is one of those films that like you would have seen in the 90s that just kind of grips you emotionally that you know i don't know i just miss this type of movie it was, it's simple but it's also not it's very nuanced and subtle and, and ambiguous in a really interesting way and you don't really know what's going on the whole time it's awesome okay madam um, of a fall all right and the other one Godzilla minus one. So as Cakes mentioned at the beginning of the segment, I, you know, I've been sleeping on this film. The movie opened December 1st. Um, let me tell you right now, uh, I've never been more wrong about not going to something. Um, and it wasn't that I was actively not trying to see it. I just, it was, when it came out, I was in the middle of like the, the, the strike had just come out. Right. And I was in the middle of all these like major films with the Wonka and the color purple and, um, and Clooney's new movies. So there was so much, going on and then Zac Efron, the Iron Claw. I was I had seen so many things I didn't have time to go out. Um and anybody who wants to knock me, I'd already seen my Oppenheimer viewings before Godzilla came out. Um and so basically Cakes and Drab were like on my case a little bit, yeah. specifically Drab. Um and I don't know if Drab can join in for a second here. I know we don't have a lot of time, yeah. but um I gotta tell you, I this is I don't even consider this a Godzilla movie. It's like it's it's one of the best human stories I've seen in a long time. And for people who aren't aware of this movie, it's a Japanese film with English subtitles. One big thing I'm so thankful for is that we didn't get a stupid dubbed version of this. I was really happy that I we agree. got to hear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I want to hear the language. I want to hear the Japanese language because it's a beautiful language. I, t- I took Japanese in college. I don't really remember any of it, but it was it was <laughs> it's just it's just hearing Kevin the song. Yeah, but, but but hearing the characters speak in the actual language is actually just part of the storytelling. Um, so people who aren't aware, this is World War II, uh, right after World War II ends. But basically, we meet a kamikaze pilot um, who doesn't want to uh, who doesn't want to go through with it. He doesn't want to die. Um, so he lands on an island and fakes the fact that his plane is broken, and that island ends up getting attacked by Godzilla. Um, and then so the war ends, and this guy goes home with complete shame that he's somehow failed himself, failed his country, failed his people. Um, and so one of the things that's really fascinating about the movie is that shame is the driving narrative force of the story. Godzilla is just uh, 
is just like it's like the social network. That, that, that's a face. That's that's a movie about Facebook, but it's not a Facebook movie. It's a human movie about about deception and and going behind people's backs. Like that's to me, those are the best kinds of movies when like the obvious, like Godzilla could clearly be the running force of the film. But if you make the human story great, it makes Godzilla that much better. And there's a lot of talk about the budget on this film being like around 15 million. I'm not sure if it's exactly reported, exactly accurate that way. But regardless, it looks it looks like a hundred million dollar film. Um, what the Godzilla films have gotten wrong over the years is the storytelling perspective. This is a story from the Japanese perspective. And I think with the Americanized films, they don't care about character and story. It's just like, let's just show a CGI Godzilla uh, destroying things, and that's all we need. This is just remarkable. I mean, Drab, if you could chime in here in cakes as well. I, I was we could. We got you. Yeah, yeah. He's going. It's silly. Go see it. It's more than a monster movie. It's about a guy who's coming to grips with, with some of his failures, a broken nation after mm-hmm. World War II. It's a great story of unity and resilience. It's, Otherwise, it's awesome. life cooler for him. He lands his, his allegedly broken plane on an island, and then Godzilla just, yeah, just him. Up. Yeah. Life cooler. <laughs> Dude, um, also one of the things that's really fascinating about this movie is, um, again, not to bring it back to Oppenheimer, but it, it, it's interesting. In the year that Dunkirk came out, which was Christopher Nolan's film about World War that, II. And that was a good one, by the way. Right, it's a masterpiece. Cakes didn't see films. Dunkirk. I have not. It's a hole in my uh, resume. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> which, by the way, I'm. Which Jason, so this is time for another conversation. Which surprises me that you wouldn't even encounter Oppenheimer. It's the same director. Um, and so, really one of the things that's really yeah. interesting about Oppenheimer is it's all about obviously the, the start of the, the creation of the atomic bomb and J. Robert Oppenheimer. If you think about what, if you think about uh, Godzilla, what is Godzilla about? It's post world war two. So we're dealing with the events of what, you know, Oppenheimer is, was dealing right, with. Kevin, with that give bomb. us our, your review. We have to go. We're go- we're so oh. late. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I loved it. It's, it, it. These are, these are two of the best films of the year. Highly recommend. Drab, you want to chime in? <laughs> yeah. Drab. Chime give it in a again. five. Just give it a five. Just give it the five already. Five out of five for Godzilla minus one. I upped mine from 4.5 cake batters to 4.85 cake batters. Yeah. We should give it a six and then call it minus one yeah, for the no. review. I end on that note. It's perfect. See Kevin, you later. Thank you. We'll talk I, to you again next week. That's Kevin McCarthy. Don't sleep on Joe Flacco. I just had to get that in. All right. Don't forget, before the show is done, we'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Wiz take on the Pistons on MLK Day. So keep listening for your chance to win. Before the show is done, there's not much show left. We'll give you a chance to win Wiz Piston tickets when they take the court on MLK Day. That is January 15th. All right. Real quick, this short segment, just kind of want to go around the room, talk about some of these games for tomorrow slash Sunday with playoff clinching scenarios. First of all. All right, good. Like we've it. T- we've talked about this. Ravens hosting the Steelers. One thing we haven't talked about. Mr. Valdez is the weather. Yeah. Now, the weather is going to be a complete and utter disaster. Hold on. No, no, this is where I need to stop you for a second. Okay. Are are you buying into like all the weather porn and panic or is it really going to be as bad as you're saying is it? It it's is. It's going to be is this embellishment? It's going to be a cold rain for the entire day. Now, the entire day. East of DC and kind of north and yeah, east and, and north are going to be all rain. All right. Now, until you get up into the northeast, it'll turn to snow. Like, okay. Boston's going to get, like, eight inches. Okay. But I believe Baltimore is going to be rain slash sleet 
all day. 100% chance of it. So you're telling me play the under. That's the other's the going under's down. So low. It's, like, it's going I, down, yeah. I checked it an hour ago. It's 35 and a half. It's, it's not 34 and a half. Yeah. It's, it's plummeting. If like this, temperature let values. me ask you this, Valdez. Knowing what the weather's going to be, if this game was for the division, all right, so Baltimore winner wins the division and gets in the playoffs, would you go? Would I go? Yeah, would you go to the game? Um, well, I mean, I the Miami game was was uh, a bigger game, I feel like, than this one. Um, but I'm saying if if this meant something for Baltimore. No, no, yeah. I would probably watch it. The weather's going to be a complete what disaster. A, what if you had a climate-controlled suite to avoid the sleep? Well, that's oh, different. That's, I mean, that's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, that's di- so I don't know. Story. Instead I'm, of being in the, the 500 level. <laughs> so I don't know what to pick here because the weather could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore's not going to play. Obviously, they're not going to play Lamar or some of their stars. But. Valdez, you'd like Baltimore to win the game with mainly backups in a um, bad weather day. Well, remember, the Ravens' backup at quarterback is Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. <laughs> that so is some, correct. So put some respect on his name. Okay. Um, I this is what this is what I advise everyone to do anytime the Ravens and Steelers play is to always take the points because every time this game comes down, this game is always a one. To a three point game between yeah. the two, mm-hmm. it's always kind of a slobber knocker. Okay, um, but I'm, I think 2019 repeats itself. I think the Ravens win. Ooh. All right, this so is going to be ugly. definitely take the Ravens catching three points at home. Yeah, yeah. Trace McSorley's on the practice squad for the Steelers. Okay, still, still getting checks. Very good for him. He's traveling to Baltimore for this game. He's going to stand on the sidelines in the rain for basically five hours. Well, I mean, that's would do that for his game day. Check. I know for twenty one k. I get it. <laughs> of course, you but tell me you I wouldn't know. stand. I would. On the sideline in a poncho. I, I'm just saying that's. I'm just saying that's what it's going to be imagine, like. For him. Can you imagine what Tomlin would say if he went up to him and said, "Hey, coach, it's a little rainy and cold out. Can you mind yeah. if I go back can, in the can locker I, room? Can I just watch it yeah. in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, he's like, you, you know what? You can drive to your parents' house in Virginia. You can watch it from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Strabby. So, all right, so you I, think it's going to? You take the points. I'm definitely taking the points. It's going to be a. It's, it's definitely going to be a field goal game. These these games always come down to that. I'm telling but, you, it's going to be ugly. Um, but I, I'm taking the Ravens. All right, taking the Ravens. Drabby. It's hard. It's hard to not take the Ravens with how they're playing. I get it, Drabby. There's no way that Mason does this like three games in a row. He mm-hmm. stinks. Well, it's, remember, it's the the weather too is going to be a huge factor. You're not going to be able to throw the ball. I think all it's going to be much more Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Yes. dictate what happens at. In this game. All right, so Pittsburgh is eliminated. What do you think? I have to take Pittsburgh here. Okay. They actually have something to play for. The Ravens have nothing to play for. They're resting people. I mean, they can't rest all their starters, but any important starter won't see the field. I'll take I'll take Pittsburgh. All right. Um, yeah, Ravens twos are kind of silly, though. Yeah, they are pretty good. Yeah, I would take, I would take Baltimore just because they're a better team. Mm-hmm. They're playing at home. Will fans show up for this? That's a good question. I'm sa- I think no. I think With the weather, the way it's going to be, think it's the the weather. Everything, everyone's looking uh, two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big Steelers game. I think there's going to be a big Steelers contingent in the in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, second game, eight fifteen, Houston Indy win or go home could be for the division based on what happens with Jacksonville Tennessee cakes. I mean, the Gardner Minshew story has been nice, but I'm going to pick the better quarterback. I talked about this earlier. This is my pick for the parlay. I have the Texans winning on the road and advancing into a playoff spot. They're the slight favorite. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bet on C.J. Stroud's talent over Gardner Minshew's. 
I'm going to take the home team here in a close one just because Indy's defense overall isn't great, but they, they make sneaky good plays late mm-hmm. in games. Um, we've got pretty good defenders in the in the defensive backs, but um, I'm just going to take Gardner Minshew and Jonathan Taylor at home in this game against Houston. By the way, Houston does have a good defense. They have a good run defense. Yes. So I would guess Jonathan Taylor not going to play a huge role I in I think the Minshew game. makes enough plays. Drabby. Of course I'm riding with Minshew Mania. <laughs> My right. guy. All right, so Indy for you and Valdez. Indy. All right, uh, and we'll see what happens with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, we'll switch to that game. Jacksonville's at Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence, not 100%. Uh, Jacksonville has not played well the last month or so. A lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Lawrence hasn't been healthy. Drabby. Tennessee all the way. Don't buy into the Jags. They're going to they're gonna crumble, and this is a horrible matchup for them. A division game against a team like Tennessee, just – Ugly game for for Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville, the last five weeks, loser, 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 and then they beat the worst team in the league, the Panthers. But I, you can't put a lot of stock into that one. I'm going to take the Jags. <laughs> I feel like they bounce back in a must-have type of spot, and I just can't buy into the Titans. Like, I think their quarterbacks on the year have thrown for eight touchdown passes. Yeah, That includes Levis, Tannehill, and I believe Derrick Henry has two touchdown he's, passes. He's got two. two. Two of the eight. Two of the eight for an entire season. I think the Jags come to play, they win. Um, Tannehill's going to play in this game, I believe, because you Levis hurt his foot. If I'm the, if I'm the Jags, week. you know what I say when I see Tannehill? Good. Yeah. That guy stinks. We're going to chase him all over the all over the field. I love Tannehill being under I'm gonna center take, if I'm the Jags. I'm going to take Jacksonville, too, just because they're desperate and have to win, and they have better players overall. Valdez, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Tennessee upsets. Okay. Vrabel gets it done. And to be honest with you, I kind of like Dana Hill more than Levis. <laughs> yeah, Levis said <laughs> he's they both stink. Levis was pretty good when he first started the first couple weeks, yeah. but he's been bad the last couple weeks. Um, what a collapse for Jacksonville. Yes. If they lose five and, out of six. And what a dagger for Valdez, because I think that was my Super Bowl team in our oh. preseason thing. That we- oh, i got to go through those and see who's who's leading that. Um, the guy of uh, Philly taking on the Bills in the Super Bowl. And they're still live. Still but do- that doesn't look great. Chicago's at Green Bay. I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like in Green Bay. Chicago's played well the last six weeks. Green Bay has to win this game to get into the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. Uh, Fields has played really well. Can Chicago get the upset? Valdez. Um, it's kind of like uh, I think history repeats itself because didn't Detroit knock off Green Bay last year? Same situation. To keep them out of the playoffs. I think history repeats itself. Bears are playing well, especially on defense. I think the Bears win a close, low-scoring game. Drabby. They play this role of spoiler. Yes, and who got in the playoffs last year when the Packers lost on the final day? Seattle. The Seahawks. And who's going to get in the playoffs this year when the (laughs) Packers lose on the final day? Seattle. It's going to happen twice. (laughs) If if Seattle beats Arizona and Green Bay loses, Seattle gets in uh, to the playoffs. By the way, your Green Bay weather... 36 degrees, very little wind. That's basically like a tropical day in January yeah. in Green Bay. So weather shouldn't be a big factor. All right, so what do you think happens? I like the Packers. Jordan Love's been a, a star. So, He's got 30 touchdowns. I think he He's does. rushed for three or four so, more. If so, Fields, far, so far, me and Cakes have been on the opposite of every single if game. Fields, <laughs> if Fields plays well in this mm-hmm. game and they win and they've won five of seven, man, it's going to be an interesting decision in the yep. offseason what they do. Yep. Um, all right, uh, what's the other game that I wanted to talk to? Oh, this is probably one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest. Buffalo-Miami, Sunday night for the division. Buffalo has to win 
uh, to even stay in the mix in the playoffs. Um, if they lose, I don't think they're 100% eliminated. If they win, whoever Miami's already in. Buffalo, Miami winner wins the AFC East. Drabby. Dolphins all the way. All the way. Bills. Now remember, Tyreek, Tyreek's mind's a little out there. His house yeah, I mean, almost burned down. Yeah, I don't care. He's used to drama and, and chaos in his life. <laughs> okay. All right. You got the Dolphins. Valdez. Uh, I like the Bills. You like uh, Josh Allen to get it done? Uh, I like the – it's not necessarily I'm high on Josh and the Bills. It's more so my, Miami's kind of banged up. They're kind of limping into the, the playoffs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chubb injury, Waddle's injury, Tyreek looked a little banged up against the Ravens. Offensive lines kind of been in, in shambles. Yep. So I, I just I feel like Miami's limping towards the finish line a little bit. They are kind of limping. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm going to take Buffalo. Even though they didn't look good last week, and Josh Allen threw a couple really bad passes. One of them was intercepted, but he did score twice. Plus, what's what's the weather like in Buffalo? Is it in Buffalo? Miami. No, this oh, is in Miami. Miami. Yeah, so. no, it'll be perfect. I'm going to take the team that has the quarterback that has 42 total touchdowns. That's Buffalo. I'm Josh riding. Allen. I'm riding the Bills this All right. weekend. All right, so that means Buffalo and Miami would both get in. All right, last one to talk about: Tampa at Carolina. Tampa needs to win uh, to win the division and obviously be the four seed. Um, they looked terrible last week mm-hmm. in the same situation, same opportunity to, to beat New Orleans. They looked awful, but I think Tampa beats Carolina. Carolina finishes 2-15. and 15. I agree. You have to punish the bottom dwellers, especially yeah. if you have any sort of playoff aspirations. Yeah. I think Tampa wins here. Fellas, Matt and Matt. Tampa. I don't know how you can you can't bet, take Carolina. bet on Carolina. Right. Yeah, no and, brainer. And if Tampa loses... Uh, Bowles, Coach Bowles is fired in yep. eight seconds after that game. <laughs> yes, you're probably correct. There you go. All right, when we come back, we'll give you a chance to win that <laughs> pair of tickets to see the Wizards take on the Pistons on MLK Day. So keep listening for your chance to win. Bank local, cheer local in business every day is game day. Business is always moving up or down, but never, ever still. That's why the Main Street Bank team treats every day like game day. Main Street Bank is a business-focused community bank proudly serving the DMV since 2004. Visit mstreetbank.com to learn how to put our team in your office. Main Street Bank, member FDIC, equal housing opportunity lender. Be sure to keep listening because at the end of the segment, we'll give you a chance to win that pair of Wiz Pistons tickets. They are facing each other on January 15th at Capital One Arena on MLK Day. So keep listening for your chance to win. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of winning, I want to hear from the listeners, 800-636-1067. Are any of you Commanders fans maniacal enough to root for a win over the Cowboys if it jeopardizes your top two draft position? Is a win over a division rival in a meaningless game at the end of the season in Ron Rivera's last game, does that mean more to you than picking in the top two? I'm guessing there are a few of, of them out there. I would guess I most would agree. rational people realize uh, Titanic has set sail again. This season is lost. It's been lost for weeks. Why would you root for a win that knocks you three or four or five spots down the NFL draft I think draft they would stay it? within the top five, but, yeah, it could knock them from two to five-ish. Yeah, I mean, why, why on earth yeah. would you ever root for that? 800-636-1067. I, there's probably, I don't know, 20% of feel that way. Do you hate the Cowboys that much? that you want to see them lose the division. And so you would root for Washington to beat Dallas, and they lose the division, and they would go on the road to start the playoffs. If you call in and we talk to you, just know that 
I can't relate to you ever. We just can't. We can't hang out. We just can't hang out together because you're diametrically opposed to the way that I view the draft, tanking, building your team into the future. We just can't hang. Okay, well, let, let me rephrase it like this. So if the Cowboys win, then they're that much closer to a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Home yeah. game, easier road. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have the Commanders have the number two pick? Right. Or the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? You'd rather have the Commanders have the number two pick? You're, I might rather I, have the number five pick and the Cowboys not win the Super Bowl. No, I, it doesn't matter. I think like, there are some fans that think that way, but it's a small percentage. It no, should be. I would rather have the number two pick because I need to build my team to the point where my team can contend for Super Bowls. I can't be worried about what happens with Dallas once once they leave FedEx Field. Whatever. Hopefully they lose, but if they if they don't and they win the Super Bowl, it has nothing to do with the way I build my team going yeah. forward. But think about it. I mean, there's going to be a small percentage of Washington Commander fans at the game. Right. It's going to be mostly Cowboy fans. I would guess, yes. But that small percentage will be – they're not going to be rooting for Dallas. No. They're going to be rooting for Washington to I mean, win the game. Outwardly, they'll be rooting for the Commanders to win. But deep down, if you gave them, you know, like truth serum, it would say, look, we want to have a number Have the pick. highest pick in each round. We want, to ha- we want to have the best bite at the apple that we can get mm-hmm. in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, it's not just the first round. Right. It's every round. Every round. You keep a higher pick. You keep a higher pick, yeah. Chance to pick better players. But there, I think there are probably some people out there that just don't care. There could be. And they just want to beat the Cowboys. Let's go to Lou in D.C. Lou, you're on with the Junks. Good morning. My first time callers, man. I appreciate y'all taking my call. Sure. The junkies, man. What's up? Um, I got to say, man, we got to go after the pick, man. I don't know what some of our, our, our fans thinking. Like, it hasn't been a rivalry. So, I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves. I could see, you know, we had, you know, the pick uh, uh, in play, but we, we need this pick. So, we got to, you know, we don't care about this game, man. Let's be honest, man. Some of these people, they keep calling saying, oh, we want to knock the Cowboys off. No, that's not what you really want deep down inside. But that's what you want people to hear on the radio. That's what you want to, want people to hear. But that's not that's not that's deep down inside. That's not what we wanted. So we want so let me ask you this. Pick. So Lou, you'll watch the game probably, and you will be rooting for the Cowboys for the first time because I want Ron to get his butt <laughs> behind, whipped behind so bad. I mean, we we come on now. This is obvious, man. This is probably the first time that I, I'm not saying I'm going to root for that team, but I'll be rooting for Sam and, you know, some of these guys. But other than that, I want to, uh, you know, I want us to, to get that pick, man. I don't really care what the outcome is going to be, to be honest. That's how I feel. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Right, thanks, Lou. First Appreciate time, it. Man. Thank you, yes, sir. sir. Hey, hey one, one more thing, sir. Yep. Um, I mean, I've been calling, trying to get on, you know, trying to win some of these tickets, man. What's up with that, man? Is there like a certain like line I got to call in? Hey, you know what? Just stay it. Just hang up, Lou. Hang keep, up and keep, keep listening. Because in the next like three-ish minutes, I, I'm going to give okay. the cue to call. And if you're the 10th caller, you'll win. You got to be the 10th it's caller. Luck of the draw. Yeah. You got the All same right, number that you just I'll called. All right. Best of luck right, to cool. you, Lou. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Uh, let's go to William in Lynchburg. What's up, William? Yes, um, yes, I, I want the um the Commanders to win because it would also knock Dallas out of the division, winning the division, and it also will um make them have to go on the road, right? And that's that's most important. So you care, so right you there. care you care more about Dallas struggling in the playoffs than you do having a higher pick in the draft. <laughs> well, well, if we don't have some high picks in the draft, I mean, and a lot of them didn't pan out anyway. You know, you can be what you're going to be anyway. 
So I think it's good players out there. And we will get about the fourth or fifth, fifth pick anyway. All right. William, so thank wouldn't. you. Thank okay. you for the call. I can't hang out with you. I, I have nothing in common with William from Lynchburg. Uh, let's go to Forrest in yeah, Fredericksburg. Forrest. Hey, Forrest. What's up? Hey, what's happening? What's up, Forrest? You're on How's the air. Going? Man, what are you thinking? I'm thinking beat you-know-what out of the Cowboys. Never want to see the Cowboys win a game. See, they're out there. Even man. if it drops. Even if it drops. Okay, hold on, Forrest. Forrest, stop for a second. What yeah. if I were to tell yeah. you that by winning that game, you missed out on picking Drake May, and then Drake May became like Joe Burrow, a poor man's version of Patrick Mahomes, like the, the best version of Patrick oh, okay. Mahomes. Well, let's look at it the other way. Mm-hmm. What if he's a poor man's Heath Schuler? <laughs> it's we possible. That's possible too. But, but don't you have to take it's your chance? Shoot. You got to take your chance. Nah, I don't, don't you know. know. I don't want to see the Cowboys win ever. See, that's, okay. All right, they're out there. All, All right, right, thank you. you. All right, let's, uh, let's sneak in Smith. He is in Sterling. Smith, you're yeah. on with the junk. Smith, what's up? Yeah, yes, sir. Washington all the way. It's no question. So you, you don't care about drafting number two? We had what well, we had the number two pick four years ago. Where he at now? He's okay, in San Francisco. That's a different okay, regime right. to pick that number two pick. That's a whole different team. That was a whole different um, regime and, and people drafting those guys. You're going to have new people drafting. Well, what has happened the last 20 years? Not many nothing. good things. Right, yeah. nothing. All right, see, that's how right, Commander so, yeah, fans feel. Yes. Nothing. Right, right. I'm a true Commander fan. Yeah, you Have are. Been, always will be. Yes. All right. All right, thank, thank you, you, Smith. Thank- right. you know, everybody is short-sighted. All they care about is what happens between 1 and 4 p.m. on this upcoming January uh, Sunday, whatever the date is, the 8th, the 7th? 7th. They, they can't look past that to see what's happening down the road yeah. as far as helping your team Build for the future. Valdez, would you feel the same way as a Ravens fan if the Ravens were in the same situation? Same situation. They sucked, but they're playing Pittsburgh. And you well, hate it's, a Pittsburgh. Diff- it's a completely different situation because I have faith in my front office to do whatever okay. is necessary. There you, to- right. there you have it. So you would root so for- I would root for the Steelers' uh, collapse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, we're going to hook up the 10th caller. We'll see if Lou is that 10th caller right now at 800-636-1067. You're going to score two tickets to see the Wizards take on the Pistons Monday, January 15th. On MLK Day, the Wizards will celebrate the legacy of Dr. King through a variety of in-game activations and recognitions. So 10th caller right now at 800-636-1067 wins. Have a great weekend. Be Mitch and Finley. They're coming up next here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.